Hi, it's Pee Wee Herman. Take it from me. They don't come any better than Neil Rogers. <laughs> don't look. Oh, Jeff, is that you in there? Yeah. Hiya, Powie. I'm making. That you, Greg? Why, yes. Dapper is always in the finest of menswear. I hope you don't mind if I borrow the adjacent stall. What are you doing in the staff toilet? Oh, I was in the area. No time to waste, you know. So, what's new, high boy? I'm fat. Yes, yes. Are we really up for sale, Greg? Say, how about them dolphins? Yeah. I guess it's true what they say. And what's that? Your doo-doo doesn't stink. Why, of course. Always a delightful aromatic bouquet with the freshness of morning dew. Each drop sliced with cigar cutter perfection to the shape of a Hershey's kiss. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that Moe Davis is doing a wonderful job, don't you think? That forced Brooklynese makes him sound so, so knowledgeable. Wouldn't you say? Well, gotta go. Bye. Bye. 903 at 560 WQM. That brings back those awful memories. I never got to see it. They splatter on the wall. Remember that? <laughs> oh, In yeah. the tea room? You lucked out. Oh, brother, I don't think I'd have ever recovered from that. Look at that, the sun is shining. Okay. Look at that. There's a little bit of sunshine, a little bit of blue sky. All weekend long, I'm talking to people there, including this morning. Oh, it was so cold here this weekend. <laughs> oh, what a bunch of pussies, man. What's wrong with you guys? I didn't say it was cold. Don't we have any real people down there, like no. any real men, he-men like me? Yeah, the hell you didn't. You said it was real chilly. I said it's, it was uh, cool. Everybody I talked to, boy, it sure was freezing here this weekend. I was saying like it was a good thing. Yeah. Thirty That's degrees. Where the high, the high Saturday here was thirty. The high yesterday was thirty. Speaking of Jeff, high. And we got about three, four inches of snow on the ground. Let's hear it. All right. What's wrong with that? Don't bother me. As long as you don't have to shovel it. As long as you don't have to drive in it or be shoveling it. 1,218 votes. Pretty lame response on a poll over the weekend. I thought that was pretty lame, don't you? Eh, to be expected. Yeah, and you want to know why? Because we didn't have enough negatives in there. I forgot where I was uh, talking to. When you forget about South Florida, see, that's what happens when you're out of touch. That's what Tom Jicka says. Tom Jicka's got a nice puff piece about Y100 today. Absolutely nothing. Tom, you're a loser, baby. Let's face it, you're so out of touch, it doesn't make uh, any difference what's going on around you. Totally oblivious. But that's all right, because we sure want any, wouldn't want any more free publicity for us, would we? That would no, be bad. We'll now, we're not going to do that after I ripped to that little bald-headed bastard. And your buddy Kevin Bastard over there at the Herald, there's another one for you. Oblivious, in a dream world, in a vacuum. 1,218 votes. We asked over the past month, which of these things about Neil showed you enjoy the most? See, they don't like something like positive like that. That's uh, Don't give them too many chances to say something really hostile. The phone calls are back. This is the shocker to me, especially after Friday, that last hour. And by the way, Eddie, Steve M., whatever the hell your name is, what's his name, Steve what? McGowan. Steve, it is Steve M. Maybe he's the drug guy hey. in Davy, for all we now know. Now, see, put those pieces together, Mr. Just Like Columbus. Right. Yeah. Who's now the uh, new Chamba guy. He's got like 18 all different uh, cranks. This guy needs to be, we need to get a butterfly net and get this guy rounded up. He must be doing a lot of business over there, you know what? <laughs> 
<laughs> to be called like 600 times every day. Major asshole. Anyway, the phone calls are back, 491, 40.3%. They're going to be depressed today because I don't know if we're going to have time for a lot of phone calls. Oh, no. <laughs> well, just the way it is. I got a lot of stuff here today. Not more periodicals on audio. Yeah. None of the above. I liked it better before. 241, 19.7%. Well, that 20% of the audience might be a little bit more pleased today. It just so happens all the new tabloids came out yesterday. I got stuff about OJ buying uh, titties for his uh, girlfriend. That's what the Globe says anyway. OJ buys $7,000 boobs to make lover look like Nicole. And we got just all, all kinds of good stuff. Wednesday comedy bit noon to one hour, 197, 16.1%. Like that the best. Less reading. 148. More filling and less reading, 12%. 148. And the tone is better, 144, 11.7%, uh, proving that we could put any selection on any poll any day and it'll get a whole bunch of votes. Does anybody know what that means? The tone is better? No, of course I, not. I like this tone. Yeah, I like this tone myself. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> the tone is better. Well, what does that mean? Can anybody tell us? Of course not. They like your complexion. And, oh, speaking of what they like and what they don't like, let me say this with all due respect to my close personal buddy, Mo. Uh, I thought about it for at least six seconds over the weekend. I lied before I told you four seconds. I'd say six. <laughs> I thought about it for about six seconds over the weekend, about my being sloppy and a slob and this and that, and I wear the same stuff. Uh, on. And you know what? Uh, it may not be the same stuff, but it all looks pretty much the same, and that's me. See, I'm a slob. And I'm not going to come in there when I come back. I'm not going to come in there dressed up in a zoot suit. It's a radio show. If I want to come in there in a burlap sack, does the audience know it? No. <coughs> of course not. Yeah, I guarantee hey. you, when you walk down the street, people don't point and snicker. See, see, there you go again. There you oh. go again. Just like uh, Walter, just like Reagan said to Walter Mondale. And look what happened to Walter Mondale. <laughs> Who? Exactly. There you go again. Starting in again. Yeah, they say, they say, it all depends if it's in the summertime. Now, like right now when you're wearing a heavy leather coat or a, you know, a jacket, whatever, because it's colder than crap out there. No, nobody sees what you're wearing underneath. You're just uh, somebody with uh, a person. And I gotta tell you, there's some crazy people here too. Saturday, it's 30 degrees out there. There's like an inch and a half of snow already on the ground. The snow is continuing to come down at a pretty good rate. And there's people walking outside here with sweaters on. Do you follow what I'm saying? Right. I'm, I'm not talking about like a heavy sweater. I'm just, just like a sweater, you no. know? Yeah, yeah. See it all the time. Uh, and I'm thinking, boy, this, what, what is wrong with you people? I mean, I know you're a little bit, uh, unless it gets like 20 below or something, Fahrenheit. These people are bizarre. So anyway, I'm just going to be the slob that I am. I'm not going to put on any ears for anybody, and I'm not going to like uh, go out and get a whole new wardrobe. And especially for inside the building, I'm a slob. That's me, okay? So my and my pants aren't wrinkled. No. Shirts maybe they are a little bit. That's because my maid does a crappy job. Okay. Oh, sorry, Jeannie. Hey, you bought a bunch of new shirts uh, a few years ago. I remember. Yeah, and, that, and that's that's the next point. Okay. Since I took so much crap about it, especially from George and others. The way I the way I dress now, which may not be all that great compared to the way it used to be with those yeah. with those falling off jupe pants, I'm a fashion plate compared to the way I used to be. So if I was like Mo would have been there in those days, he'd say, "Boy, this guy sure is butched up a little bit." At least the way he dresses, anyhow. Follow what I'm saying? That's uh, now remember what we did on Friday. Thing. I said the first call of the day determines the tone the for tone, the entire right. day. Huh? It's the pace call. Here's our pace call today from Miami. Hello. Yeah, Neil. I think the reason why OJ bought those boobs for his ex-girlfriend so she looked just like Nicole when he killed her. Kill her, kill her, kill her. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> <laughs>
There you go, OJ, another fan of yours. Oh, I love it. I uh, see that was good. I like the tone of that. That was magnificent. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Now, you see, if we could get a lot of calls like that, I'd never read anything on the air again. We right. just take calls all day. Unfortunately, the overwhelming majority, in spite of the response on this poll here, I don't want to pee on your parade, folks, but the response on the poll was uh, disheartening at best, okay? A year-old pornography investigation has led to the filing of criminal charges against two Hollywood actors, Paul Rubens, best known as Pee Wee Herman. Squirt, squirt. And veteran actor, uh, character actor Jeffrey Jones of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. We had the Jeffrey Jones part on Friday. Rubens was charged with one misdemeanor count of possessing materials depicting children under the age of 18 engaged in sexual conduct, said Anna Garcia, a spokeswoman with the city attorney's office. He surrendered to authorities Friday, was released on $20,000 bail. Jones, who played the uptight principal and comic foil to Matthew Broderick in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, was charged with hiring a 14-year-old boy. Not a good idea, Jeffrey. A 14-year-old boy to pose for sexually explicit photos, a felony, as well as misdemeanor possession of child porno. He was freed on $20,000 bond after surrendering Thursday. Rubens, 50, and Jones, 56, are acquaintances, and both cases stem from the same police investigation, said L.A. County DA uh, spokeswoman Sandy Gibbons. Rubens could face as much as a year in jail and $2,500 fine if convicted. If Jones be convicted, he faces up to three years in prison and would have to register as a sex offender for life. Hiring a 14-year-old boy to pose for sexually explicit photos, like I said, probably not a real good idea. Then we got this story here, which is enough to make me want to blow my brains out or blow something. Pull, most say Gore will be on the 2004 ballot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so here's our poll question today. Did you fax it to Eric, by the way? Yes, I did. Oh, because I, I forgot whether I even faxed it to you. Yes, well, you my did. head is just swimming. You know, it's from all the I poll, I guess. Now, there's actually a little blue sky out there now. I'll tell you, it was gray and gay and uh, over the weekend, snow coming down. See, snow is not a problem, folks, unless you have to drive in or shovel it. Those are the only two problems. And other than that, what's the big deal? You go outside, start throwing snowballs at strangers, have a great time. Right. Make a little snowman. Of course, springtime slush ain't no picnic either. It, there's slush out there right now. And plus, it's going to be slushy the next couple of days because it's going to be all the way up into the 40s uh, the next three or four days. So this is all going to melt. You're going to be like walking around in puddles. I sure hope you got your goulashes with you. Are you wearing Shut your up, buttons? Ma. Bug off, Ma. Kvetch. Anyway, here's the poll today. If the 2004 presidential election pits President Bush against Al Gore, and here's five great choices for you on neilrogers.com. I'd vote for Bush. I'd vote for Gore. I'd leave the country. I wouldn't vote or I'd blow my brains out. I think five excellent choices. If the 2004 presidential election pits President Bush against Al Gore, I'd vote for Bush. I'd vote for Gore. I'd leave the country. I wouldn't vote or I'd blow my brains out. That'll be on there momentarily. 12 minutes after 9 at 560 WQN, the Mad Dog at 1. We got the booster for Hank, who's on his way back from Frisco. Uh, Boog Shambi at 3. 6.30, you got the Hurricane Hotline. 8.30, you got uh, the big, oh! because we couldn't find anybody else. Eddie K from GA at 10, and Joe and Mark are back overnight, 2 to 6 in the a.m. You know, there's never been a better time to purchase a new home or refinance your existing home than right now. Hell yes. How about this low rate, 3.95%? That's right. Financial Group can offer you an unprecedented 3.95%, but you've got to call them to get all the info on how this works. Call Financial Group toll-free, 1-800-940-LEND. That's one, uh, what is it? 1-800-940-5363. The money you're going to save is absolutely incredible. Think about it. You can get yourself a $100,000 loan for only 450 bucks a month or a $200,000 loan for only 950 bucks a month. The process is simple. You'll save thousands and thousands and a lot of money every year. 
So call our good buddies at Financial Group at 1-800-940-LEND. There's never been a better or a smarter time to get you a low interest rate than right now. Call Financial Group and you'll be on your way to saving some big bucks. Financial Group is an equal housing lender. Credit restrictions do apply and rates are subject to change. So call them now, 1-800-940-LEND. That's 1-800-940-5363. Live and local, this is 560. The radio is all yours now. QAM. Time to get it on. at 560 WQM. So uh, Kim Il-jong, North Koreans, they got the bomb. They got a nuclear weapon is what they announced yesterday or over the weekend. And then last night on 60 Minutes, there's that awful puff piece with Bob Woodward who's plugging his new book about El Presidente. And they got the Bushmeister on telling everybody about how much he hates Kim Il-jong. Which at least he knows the names now, which I think is a step in the right direction, don't you, after two years? Flashcards. Lots and lots of flashcards. Yeah. Nine votes. The poll is up. We have preliminary results. Okay, let's... uh... If the 2004 presidential election pits President Bush against Al Gore, I'd vote for Gore 4. I'd vote for Bush 2. I'd blow my brains out a pair. I'd leave the country 1, and I wouldn't vote none. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I wouldn't vote none. I didn't vote this last time, but that's only because it was already a done deal. Didn't I tell you that the, the Jepster was ahead 15 points? He wound up winning by 13 points. What a tragedy. What a travesty. And also, well, let's before I get into this depressing Gore story... I was thinking just before the show, you know, didn't I mention to you this morning that a good place to be in the foreseeable future would be like Geneva, New York? <laughs> yeah. Or Ypsilanti, Michigan? Or any other little bump for it. Yeah, uh, see, the people who live in rural areas now, they don't have to be all uptight. Can you And I realize that there will be studies done because every, for some strange reason we can always appropriate certain enormous amounts of money, millions and millions for these studies. But there will be somebody doing studies about the stress factor. For right. people who live in New York or D.C. or in other major metropolitan urban areas, as opposed to people who live like out in the uh, boondocks. Right. In fact, it makes me want to play Billy Joe Roiland out in the, down in the boondocks. Which they've already done studies like that. Yes. And obviously the people that live in rural areas are way more laid back and easygoing. Well, no, not just laid back, but they have less stress. Right, less crime, less stress. Less traffic, that's why they're laid less, back, right. because they don't right. have to worry about somebody dropping La Bamba, say, on Schenectady in New York. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Should we press our luck on the phone thing here? Why not? Because I think, you know, you never know. I could be in for a tremendous surprise. Well, if it's Here's a lady, a lady in Delray be Beach. Hello. Hey, uh, Neil. Yes, yes ma'am. Um, I'm calling only because, well, I really don't have all that much to say, but 
One is that I rarely get to listen to you, and it's a joy when I do. Yes, it is. And um, I'm. My question is: there is uh, oftentimes in between your show um, a guy who does advertising for you guys, like uh, he does a simple green ad, and he does something else. Where do they find these people? It's the worst voice you have ever heard. You mean Tommy? I don't know who it is, but I, like I, actually, a, like a, I will like a, turn it off. Like a squeaky voice that sounds yes, almost like yelling? I will Yeldy? turn it off and go to another station. I, I mean, yeah. it, it is, it's horrible. Uh huh. That's just my complaint. Well, he works cheap, though. He, well, that's probably why. Mm hmm. Well, listen, it's always good to hear you. Plus, plus he, has, he has naked pictures of several people, management level people. He has naked pictures of them with billy goats. Ah, well. I guess then he's uh, he's going to be on there for a while. Yeah, he will. Okay. All right, Neil. Have a great day. Thanks, sweetheart. Have a great okay. day. And quit ripping Tommy. We like Tommy a lot. Tommy's one of our people, okay? He's one of our super spies. Tommy is up and down the hallway. In fact, he's usually bumping into the water Nazi. You ever seen the times when they're, like, coming from different directions around the hallway and they, like, bump into each other? N no, I missed that. <laughs> Oops. Oops. As they got the ear to the door, you know, that kind of thing. Leave Tommy alone, okay? He's got a squeaky voice, but he's a good guy, and he can't help himself. He's a little, uh, you know. I've always told you about Tommy. He never agreed with me. Hey. He sounds he sounds fey, okay? He sounds fey. He's as butch as they come. He's got a nice girlfriend, I guess. Have we ever yes. seen her? Oh, yeah. I've known Don for years. Don? Don. Oh, Don. Don. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to help oh, you, Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy, As this in... guy's got the shovel. He's burying you this morning, Tommy. Come in here and beat him up a little bit. I think you can handle it. As in the morning, Don. Yeah. That's terrible. 42 votes. Gore, 13. Bush, 11. I'd blow my brains out, 8. I'd leave the country, 5. I wouldn't vote, 5. Now the honesty's starting to seep through a little bit. It's seeping. Okay, you can relate to that. Those of you people out there who are squeezing your bag hard this morning. Because they keep telling us, boy, it's going to be really ugly, and especially if we invade Iraq, it's going to bring all hell loose, okay? <laughs> and then you wonder, well, how come we're doing it then? Well, you know, a bunch of you are going to have to die. We're going to have some spectacular attacks. It's just kind of strange, and it? which makes you really wish that you were in Des Moines, Iowa. I think you'd be safe there, wouldn't you? Or maybe, maybe Omaha. Now, see, Omaha is big enough that it's not like a little, you know... Right. Omaha's not bad. they got the great steakhouses. But what else? Do they have any With, landmarks? And, and of course, after, after this, uh, horror, these horrible attacks, maybe we'll have some of that great irradiated beef at those steakhouses. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Where you'll be safe. Here's, uh, Homestead. Hello. Hey, Neil. How you doing? All right. I got a couple questions. I, I don't ahead. get a chance to listen as much, uh, cause I usually drive a truck up in the center part of the state. Uh, are Rick and Suds, uh, on, on the air anywhere in the country? No. Or? No. They're on the beach. <laughs> the other other question is, what's what's bigger, a major asshole or a general asshole? I'll tell you what. When you finish looking in the mirror, call us back and let us know. Arrest General Schwarzkopf. He'll tell you, oh, no, you can't say that. Oh, there he goes again, picking on our right-wing heroes. <laughs> oh, old Normie. That would be a good poll question to take one day. Kenneth Macho, Normie Schwarzkopf or Norma Kent? Maybe we'll do that one tomorrow. Speaking of polls, Mose Gore will be on the... And you know, interesting thing about the phones. Now, Friday, for some reason, toward the latter part of the show, and we had a little bit of a Thursday, too. Now, these calls so far, these three calls, have sounded like these people are right on my balcony out here, you know. Yeah. No problem. And there shouldn't be any problem. Why? I mean, shouldn't the call sound just like you're punching it up right there? Right there. They always have before. 
I mean, it's coming down a wire either way. Right, but for some strange reason on uh, part of Thursday and then Friday, that last hour, I guess it was just destined to be crap the last hour, you know? I don't know what that's all about. By the way, congratulations, Dolphins beat a girls team, oh! a little girls team. And I told you that poor New England Paul, he's licking his wounds there. That defense, very suspect, sweetheart. I told you they weren't going to beat the Raiders out there last night. Didn't I tell them that on Friday? Yes. Yes, I did. Didn't I tell them that, Carlos? Yep. I said, no chance. No way, Jose. And poor Tom Brady, man. That kid's, uh, he's doing it. He does it for me, I'll tell you that. And all this crap that goes on, you know, just like last week's unbelievable come-from-behind Patriot victory over the Bears, one of the most phenomenal performances in history. No credit on this radio station. And you want to know the one word that describes why? Jealousy. That's what it's all about. Mad Dog, all these other sports that are done at that station, they would lick pounds of dog excrement to have Tom Brady be the Dolphin quarterback. And you know that. Is there any doubt about that? No. No, no doubt. They would kiss his grits to have him be the quarterback. I mean, Ray Lucas, yeah, he played a good game against the little girls. I'll tell you, I watch him, and he's still a sophomoric is the word that comes to mind. You know, he just, I don't know. Yeah, he's not bad. He's not not bad, but he's not, uh, I don't know. For like a Sandlot team, he looks pretty good. He just don't impress me all that much. But he, he did a very good job yesterday, I grant you that, against a very, very embarrassing team. He was very adequate. <laughs> yeah, that's a good description. With the next presidential election two years away, undeclared candidate Al Gore is trailing in a new poll. Trailing or not, Gore's name likely will be on the ballot. Most people think this is going to CNN. A CNN-slash-time poll conducted November 13 and 14 shows that two-thirds of the public think Gore will be the likely Democratic nominee in 2004. Oh, my God. But half surveyed said the former vice president won't win the White House. Only 41% said they'd vote for him if the election were held today. I'll be honest with you, 41% isn't all that bad against the incumbent. I'm yeah. not saying that I want him on there, but that really isn't all that bad, especially when you consider the fact that he actually got a half million more votes this last time in the fixed election. The poll was conducted by interviewing 1,006 people, including 454 Democrats. It had a maximum error margin of plus or minus 6 percentage points, mas o menos. Most Democrats surveyed said they'd like to see Gore run for president. Really? Fewer respondents said it would benefit the party if he won the nomination. Among Democrats, 61% would like to see him run again. A little more than half of those, 55%, said it would be good for the party to have him on, for him to be on the ticket. Does this make any sense to you? If 55% said it would be good to have him on the ticket and only 41% said they'd vote for him, uh, does that make any sense to you? Nope. Uh, okay. So like I said, take that pool and stick it up Paula Zahn's ass, okay? Enough of that CNN crap. But we like our poll today, though, because it gives you several choices, including, of course, blowing your brains out or moving to Dubuque, Iowa, which where you'll be safe. See, those survivalists, we always laughed at them. You know, the ones that got all the candles yeah. stored up. Huh? I used to when I used to live around them. Right. And now you're starting to say, you know, they might they might have been onto something, them bastards, you know? Yes. Yes, indeed. This corn sure is special. It's been sitting in a can for about 30 years, but it's still okay. Got a lot of good preservatives in there. <laughs> right. To preserve you see, your life, right. You're laughing, man. No, not no more. You, what was that stuff that Dick Cavett used to advertise? Top Shelf? Was that what it was called? I don't know. Yeah. Dick Cavett? Dick Cavett. <laughs> you better get with it. I heard his name before. Top Shelf. It's like the little, and, and that stuff would last like forever. Little entrees. You never tried that stuff? No. Oh, it tastes like crap. But uh, <laughs> No, but it'll last forever. It's almost like freeze-dried, one step away from that. Right. Well, there's I'd, start I'd start stocking up on that if I was you folks right now. I'd start stocking up and uh, move to, like, uh, Lakeland would be good, where you'll be safe. Or maybe two-egg. 
928 at 560 WQM. Let me tell you about Fast Train right now. The facts are very simple. We've been telling you about it for a long time. If you have the dedication, Fast Train will provide you with the necessary training to become a certified computer professional. According to Time Magazine, the demand for computer professionals is going to continue to explode. Their average student completes the training in just four short months, attending school three nights a week. Once you complete your certification, Fast Train will help you in getting a brand new computer job. Fast Train invites you to come in and visit our trained career counselor and determine which track is ideal for you. Is it Georgian Downs? Is it Flamborough? Is it Mohawk or Woodbine? Call Fast Train or Batavia Downs, which reopens with a brand new clubhouse. Call Fast Train at 1-866-FAST-TRAIN to set up an appointment with four convenient locations. You'll find a location near you. No question about it because they're in Miami, Kendall, Pembroke Pines, and Fort Lauderdale. And don't forget to ask the career counselor for listed students just like yourself who are currently in their dream jobs thanks to the great training they got at Fast Train. Call them today. Tool free. They'll answer all your questions with no obligation. Call 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. That's 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. Or check them out on the web if you like at FastTrain.com. <laughs> Sports Radio 560, QAM. Tarnished with the sewer of this place. It's the martial arts extravaganza of the year. From the director of The One, it's The Three Stooges. Oh, hit a guy with glasses, huh? Come on, man, break it up. Whoa, 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 a wise guy. The Three Stooges. Whoa, a wise guy. You want to kill me? <laughs> 9.32 at 5.60 WQM. You notice, Carlos, how that caller in Naples just disappeared on line 9? Yep. You notice how cleverly I just did that during that uh, bit? Anyway, no, because I already know who that is. Now, you probably don't believe me, do you? Um, remember I'm remember that call from New York that came in? And I told you it was the guy, the um, uh, ebullient guy? Right. I know him. I All I have to do is see where it's from and what line it's on, and I can tell you exactly who it is. Man arrested at Miami Airport with hidden gun. A Haitian man has been arrested for attempting to board a flight from Miami to Haiti while allegedly carrying a handgun and 50 bullets hidden in a DVD player, authorities said. That'd be a good pull question. Where would you rather hide your bullets, in the DVD or in your BVDs? Andre Riguens, who's a legal U.S. resident, was being held yesterday at the Federal Detention Center in Miami pending an initial appearance in federal court today, said FBI spokeswoman Judy Orjuela. Rigwins was arrested Saturday at Miami International before boarding an American Airlines flight to Port-au-Prince, the Haitian capital, she said. A security screener found the gun after stopping Rigwins for a second look at his carry-on luggage. Inside the bag, the screener found a DVD player that held the handgun and ammunition, which were wrapped in foil and duct tape. He said he needed it for protection in Haiti. <laughs> I believe him. Well, Rigwins, 33, was charged. Well, wait a minute, but he's a uh, U.S. citizen. Yeah. He was charged with attempting to carry a weapon onto an airplane. Orella said Regans drove to Miami from Jonesboro, Georgia, and that he lives in Georgia with his wife, a U.S. citizen, too. Hey, stay in uh, Jonesboro, Georgia. You'll be safe. Right? I guess. I don't know where don't, it is. Don't, now, seriously, I think that would be an interesting poll question to take. Of course, there's so many possibilities, you know, thousands of them. But with all these scare things, all these warnings now, we're still under yellow light, by the way. Yellow light. Nobody panic. Yellow light. Don't anybody get all nervous. That's what Tom Ridge said this morning. You look at him when he's on there. They had him on CNN, a little clip. And don't you feel safe? No. Don't you feel secure when you no. see him with that kind of like blank look on his face? Where no. did they find these people? Seriously, where the hell did they find these people? He's he's almost as imposing as uh, Tommy Thompson, but not quite. The old cheesehead. The old water from a crick guy. 
Good golly, Miss Molly. And, of course, uh, well, I don't want to go into it. Let's, let's start on up note. We had that one great call to get us started here this morning, right? And then yeah. that woman ripping into poor Tommy, which I think is very, very unfortunate. Why, why did she do that? A lot of people do. You know, but no, but you notice we don't get a lot of women callers, but a lot of them are so bitchy. They're always like picking on people. Bitchy Why women? Is that? Never heard bitchy of that. Bitchy women. God damn it! How come you can't be pleasant like the women here? They're all like, like everybody else. They're pleasant. They uh, hold the door for everybody else. They like, uh, you know, they're just pleasant. Morning. How are you? You know, people you don't know, people you've never seen before, and you hopefully you'll never see again. But they're nice. They're polite. But South Florida is this ugly, nasty streak. Let's rip somebody. Thank God we don't do that on this show, do we? No. Ever. We absolutely never do. Now, George once in a while forgets about that. That's part of our policy. Just like that QAM dress code that we got. Yeah. That Mo is going to be enforcing. I can't wait to get back there just for that reason alone so I can come in as sloppy as I want to be. Are you going to wear a QAM dress? I might. Oh, code? I got a story about a guy, a kid in the dress, too. That's later on in my pile, which I better get going here. I think I'm going to use this one next. Because this, this, see, you always are making fun of things that I say, and then come to find out I, I had my thumb on it. Mariah puts the moves on. Now, here's a picture. This is in the uh, Star this week. And the tabloids, by the way, come out here at least several days ahead of when you get them down there. They may be published right in your backyard there in Lantana, but they come out for some strange reason everywhere else in the world like a week ahead. This is the November 26th Star, page 18. And here's a picture of... Mariah Carey's uh, uh, former uh, heartthrob, Mexican singer Luis Miguel, who, by the way, turned her down again, second time. Aww. Said, you kidding me? You're not going to look at that thing. Get out of here, bitch. And here he's, uh, she's like all uh, cuddled, uh, cuddled up in his lap and her smooching, you know, good photo opportunity. Mariah puts the moves on P. Diddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Remember P. Diddy and J-Lo? Yep. And now P. Diddy's with Mariah, who was formerly with Luis. You start, are you starting to put the pieces of this puzzle all together? Okay, is it starting to paint a picture for you? Does there seem to be something consistent going on here? And let's see, who was it that was uh, doing Enrique supposedly here recently? Enrique? Anna Kornikova. Oh, yeah. They're still There's, doing it. Yeah, right. It's a, it's a big circle jerk is what it is. Okay. Hey, <laughs> if that's wishful thinking, great. Go with it. I'm telling you right now, I don't want to. I don't want to name any individual names, but I just want to say this, just generally, not connected with any name necessarily spoken so far, but maybe there's an awful lot of fag hags out there. Okay, okay, okay. Troubled Mariah Carey is obsessed with hip hop mogul Sean P. Diddy Combs and determined to get her to uh, get him to make a new woman out of her. <laughs> Mariah believes that P. Diddy and only P. Diddy can wave a magic wand. And restore the luster to her tarnished stardom inside his reveal. And they add the distressed diva is seizing every opportunity to see and be seen with Combs. When Mariah spotted the rap impresario at a party October 28th at New York's Roseland Ballroom, she was all over him as these close-up and personal photos show. Yeah, he, he's kissing her, not on the cheek, but like on the hair. On, you know what I'm saying? In other words, he hasn't even brushed the hair back away from her cheek. No skin contact. You can't get any more personal and up close than that. Mariah was gushing all over Puffy, an eyewitness tells Star. He gave her a peck on the cheek, but she couldn't keep her hands off him. It looked like she wanted everyone to see her with Sean. Mariah's motivation is simple, says a source close to the 32-year-old singer. She's sick with worry over her career. 
and probably the fact she can't sing for Schmidt don't help either. Her mission is to receive a total musical makeover from P. Diddy, who made a name for himself producing music ranging from hardcore gangster rap to bubblegum teen pop and by cultivating artists like former lover Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> when Through the Rain, the first single from Mariah's new Charm Bracelet album came out in September, it bombed. <laughs> All right. Still, if Sultry Mariah retired today, her place in music history would be assured. She sold more than 125 million albums worldwide, which to me is enough to make me puke my guts out. Her last major hit was Heartbreakers in 99, which was number one for two weeks and stayed on Billboard magazine's top 40 chart for 14 weeks. But since then, Mariah's career has been in a tailspin. Her much-publicized emotional and physical breakdown in July 2001 following her breakup with Mexican singer Luis Miguel landed her in a Connecticut mental hospital for weeks. A mental hospital. Yeah. Things looked even grimmer after a brief fling with raunchy rapper Eminem. The embarrassment of having Virgin Records pay her $30 million to buy the remainder of her $80 million contract and her flop glitter soundtrack album, Flop, Bomb, Una Bamba Grande. Compounding her problems, Mariah sought comfort in food and gained a huge amount of weight. <coughs> she had to check herself into an exclusive fat farm earlier this year. So if she's not in the nut house, she's in the fat farm. But insiders tell Star that music business pals recently confronted Mariah and told her bluntly that she's not selling because she's boring. They said you have to spice it up and stop feeling sorry for yourself, says a source. They also pointed out how Jennifer Lopez's musical career soared after she hooked up with 33-year-old P. Diddy. Now Mariah's obsessed in getting the same treatment. Her publicist, Cindy Berger, says the couple's dealings are strictly business for now. They're friends, that's all I can tell you, said Berger. But sources close to Mariah say she's set on having P. Diddy take her under his wing. If he has wings, does that mean he can fly? <laughs> the bottom line is Mariah feels P. Diddy is strong, successful, and sexy, says the source. In Mariah's mm. eyes, he'd be the answer to a whole lot of her problems on a whole lot of levels. How do you like that? And he's kissing her right on the old locks. Will Chamberlain rate me? Oh, Summer, you're the head evil doer, the one we like the least. Yes. Oh, Summer, there's no safe place to hide you in the whole Middle East. Oh, Summer, the day's quickly approaching when you will just be dirt Oh, Summer, I hope it happens soon and I hope to God you hurt yeah. You silly fool, we'll bonk a bull and level your homeland We'll hunt you down, you evil clown Why can't you understand? We're gonna put you in your grave Throw grenades in every cave Oh, Summer Missiles are coming down from the bombers and you won't have very long. Oh, Summer, you're a dead terrorist, you're a gnat, and we're King Kong. I'm not afraid of you. You not can scare me because I'm strong. I am fallible. And there's a, there's a bomb. It's come right for my cave. There's a bomb coming right for my cave. Ah!
I-46 at 560 WQAM. Happy Monday to you. Totally unacceptable facts from New England Paul today, ripping Tom Brady. Hey, I tell you, you're an ungrateful uh, dickhead is what you are. Okay, get out of here, New England Paul. What a sour puss. Blames the game last night on Tom Brady. He's the one that lost the game? I don't think so. Nevertheless. What? Said it had nothing to do with him. No, but that's uh, New England Paul, another uh, one of those knowledgeable South Florida sports fans. Here's a fact that could be one of the dumbest things I've ever read in my life. First of all, it says, did you see 7 News this morning? How would I see Channel 7 News in Toronto? Huh? That's one of the great Magic. things about being. That's one of the greatest things about being here is not having to watch Channel Seven News or even coming across it by accident, channel surfing. And that goes on to say, news that's almost as shocking as the fact that President Lincoln's got a bad headache. Jeb Bush is looking into the recent elections. Somehow, over a hundred thousand votes in Broward County were lost and not counted. The Bush scams go on. Now, what day was the election? November five. I should know because it was on my birthday. Yes. With, Within a couple of days after that, we knew that there was 103,000 votes that were uh, not counted originally and that they tabulated them and then uh, come to find out that uh, didn't change anything. Remember that? Yep. So that's what that's all about. And here it is, the uh, 18th of November, like days and days and weeks later. Hey, Neil, did you see this? Uh, yeah, probably from Tom Jicka. So what do you think? Ashtabula? That sounds safe. Abilene, uh, Kansas? Yeah, Safe no, places, places to go. Casper, Wyoming, although they might not like Wyoming too much because of Dick Cheney. Might not be too safe there. How about Helena, Montana? I bet you that would no, no, be no. safe. No, no, too, too urban. Helena. Keep going west into the hinterlands. Into How the about mountains. Shelby, Montana? Ooh. No, no, you don't, you don't understand. Just because the place is urban, I mentioned Omaha, doesn't mean that they're going to be attacking. There's not enough people there. It's it's uh, small potatoes like no, Frankie Pentangelo. You never know what these crazy people are going to do. No, no, they're going after the big joints, okay? Don't you understand? They're going mm, after the big joints. Big joints. Pentagon creates a big brother so Uncle Sam can keep his eye on us, right? The reports the uh, Guardian, the British newspaper. The motto of the Information Awareness Office in Washington, D.C. reads, Knowledge is power, and just a few months into its life, it's clear that the newly founded Pentagon offshoot aims to become very powerful indeed. In a development which has provoked outrage across America's political spectrum, the IA oh! has begun work on a global computer surveillance network which will allow unfettered access to personal details currently held in government and commercial databases around the world. Contracts worth millions of dollars have been awarded to companies to develop technology which will enable the Pentagon to store billions of pieces of electronic personal information from records of Internet use to travel documentation, lending library records, and bank transactions, and then access this information without a search warrant. The system would also use video technology to identify people at a distance. Total Information Awareness, or TIA, was proposed to the Pentagon by Admiral John Poindexter after the terrorist attacks on 9-11. A former official in the Reagan administration who was convicted for his leading role in the Iran-Contra scandal, Poindexter was appointed head of the IAO in February. Implementing the proposal would require legislation which is before Congress to amend existing laws protecting people's privacy. Poindexter made his first public comments about TIA this week, saying that because the war against terrorism was global, so too would be the data his agency would seek. How are we going to find terrorists and preempt them except... By following their trail, he says, the problem is much more complex than we faced before. How to harness with technology the street smarts of people on the ground on a global scale, he said. His remarks prompted civil rights groups to claim that countries such as Britain would be caught up in the Pentagon's network. From what little we know of the Information Awareness Office, it is clear that by comparison, 1984 was just a primer, said Mihir Krishigar, a uh, policy analyst at the Electronic Privacy Information Center in Washington, this will intrude on every aspect of people's lives and completely change our culture. It's the government saying we'll collect every piece of information about you, and then we'll decide whether or not we like what you're doing. In other words, are you using Charmin? Are you, uh, like, rolling up, folding it over too many times? Huh? 
Are you wiping forward or backward with your left hand or your right? Little things like that. Does your chewing gum lose its flavor on a bedpost overnight? Things like that. Former Senator Gary Hart of the U.S. Commission on National Security said the plan was a total overkill of intelligence and potentially a huge waste of money, is what Gary Hart said. Oh, and speaking of Gary Hart, are you aware of the fact that they were talking about bringing his ass back, too, that he may want to run again? Oh, no. Yeah. He lost a little weight on that Donna Rice diet. Now he may <laughs> want to come back. 154 votes, and I really have to look askance at the results on this poll, even though Al Gore is like a wooden, like a cigar store Indian. In this audience, don't you find this result so far a little bit dubious at best? Yes. If the 2004 presidential election pits President Bush against Al Gore, I'd vote for Bush 60, I'd vote for Gore 42, I'd blow my brains out 25, I'd leave the country 15, and I wouldn't vote 12. Just a little bit suspect. I don't want to, like, you know, pee on your parade. And it's a good thing. I must have had my psychic powers building up again. You want to know why? Why? Because I have this huge pile of stuff. I got all the tabloid. I got enough stuff here for, like, 400 hours. And look at the phone. Do you see any calls oh, on there? Yeah, no, not one. Well, it's that Monday thing again. It's the old Monday excuse. Sure. Then it'll be the holiday excuse. And then it's we got nothing to talk about excuse. And it's that we don't like you excuse, et cetera, and so on. So that 40.5% of people on that poll we took over the weekend said, oh, we like the show a lot better now because the calls are back. Well, we had a few, and that's it. We took whatever was on there, and that's the end of the calls. All you call uh, suckers out there, oh, yeah, the phone calls are what makes the show. Well, where the hell are they? Same old crap. Six suspected al-Qaeda terrorists who were plotting to release cyanide gas in a crowded London subway during rush hour have been arrested after British intelligence infiltrated the group according to a published report. The men, all from North Africa, were picked up eight days ago and accused of hatching a plan that security experts said would have thrown the British capital into chaos and caused serious casualties. I thought they already were in chaos over at all that uh, gay rape thing. <laughs> huh? Well, I got a big story on that. In fact, Prince William, he like he collapsed from the pressure. He's all bent out of shape. And then there are all kinds of messages on the walls in the tea room and oh, just all kinds of stuff going on. They're having a group grope over there. They're groping with the, their problems at the Royal Palace. Although British officials wouldn't comment on the, uh, su the Sunday Times of uh, London report, the cyanide plot apparently prompted Prime Minister Tony Blair early in the week to warn his countrymen that something big is about to happen. The November 9th arrest preceded a taped message purportedly from Osama Yamama warning that U.S. allies, including Great Britain, could face a major new strike, and Canada too, eh? U.S. officials said the London subway plot may have been part of an al-Qaeda plan involving simultaneous attacks in several countries. The FBI said this week that al-Qaeda was plotting spectacular strikes with mass casualties that would severely damage the U.S. economy and inflict maximum psychological trauma. Now let's play ball. Right? Right on. Let's go. Is, let's get those football games on there, baby. The Sunday Times quoted British intelligence agents as saying the London gang was planning to bring ingredients for a gas bomb into Britain. <laughs> Blair was immediately told about the plot, and police shut down the terror cell. The arrest by Scotland Yard's anti-terrorist branch followed raids of more than a half a dozen London addresses, uh, some of which were used by drop-ins, used as drop-ins by Algerian, Moroccan, and Tunisian immigrants. Droppings? For droppings. British intelligence believes the gang was acting on instructions from an al-Qaeda commander in Europe. This is an alarming development, the paper quoted one source as saying. It means al-Qaeda members and sympathizers are still active in Britain despite our efforts. Details of the plot coincided with reports of increased activity or chatter heard on terrorist networks and picked up by U.S. and British intelligence. Don't you love when they talk about increased chatter? Like that. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what comes to mind when right. you hear about that? A lot of chatter going on. Britons were warned two days before the arrest of potential poison gas or dirty bomb attack, but the warning was later withdrawn. 
the release of toxic gas could have shut down most of London's public transport system. The London Underground, popularly known as the Tube, is the world's oldest and one of the most extensive subways, carrying millions of passengers every day around the British capital. In a strange twist, the plot caused an Italian liquor maker to scrap an ad campaign for a new amaretto drink that was to take place in the London subway, the paper reported. The company planned to waft the smell of almonds through the underground in an effort to get passengers thinking about the smell of amaretto, but cyanide also smells like almonds. Yeah, and officials thinking that. Yeah, officials <laughs> feared the smell could cause panic. Oh, my God. Yeah. Meanwhile, Sky News reported that three of the men arrested in London were aged between 21 and mid-30s and were of Tunisian or Moroccan background. They were charged under Britain's anti-terrorism law for possession of articles for the preparation, instigation, and commission of terrorism acts and scheduled to appear in court today, so it say, in the Sunday Times. How do you like that, huh? Real good timing there, that uh, Italian company with the amaretto smell. <laughs> it smells like cyanide gas to me. Nice going. Here's Miami. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Hey, how about the uh, Miami Herald this morning saying that the uh, Haitian boat, uh, the Haitians coming in, is a security threat, but we didn't have to have fire planes escort a plane in this morning. Um, why isn't it a security threat when the uh, fire planes have to bring in a uh, stolen plane from Cuba or right. or Cubans having machetes swinging it at the Coast Guard? Why isn't that a security threat? Because there are a lot more Cubans read the Herald. Yeah. <laughs> I that's, just the want to bring that up. Th that's the answer, though, and you know it as well as I do, man. They're the worst panderers on the face of the earth. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I mean, first of all, they're on a raggedy boat and just trying to get here that they put together without machetes or any weapons. I mean, you know, and they say that they can bring in terrorists. They only have enough room for them on the boat. No weapons, they just come. Okay, for, say goodbye to the Herald, pal. <laughs> bye. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Herald. We hate you. We do not like you at the Herald, okay? He hate me. In fact, they're all going to be walking around with that T-shirt on there. They're he hate me. Don't you love that? Yeah. 956 at 560 WQM. It's a great Monday. You can feel it in your bones. We're all moving to Canandaigua in New York where we'll be safe. And then we can have dinner like at Louis in the Bronx where we'll be safe like Salazzo and McCloskey. Will you stop with that Godfather crap already? I can't do it. I can't stop. No, I don't. can't help myself. Like the four tops would say, I can't be helping myself. 178 votes on there. Bush 69, Gore 49. I'd blow my brains out 30. Leave the country 17. I wouldn't vote 13. Be saying that. Castaway Seafood Company knows seafood. Boy, do they know it inside and out. They pride themselves on serving you the freshest seafood under the sun. Fresh fish that's never frozen, prepared just the way you love it. Grilled, blackened, or broiled. Signature Castaway's dishes include sesame seared tuna, cracked conch, and unbelievable homemade chowders. And you know something? I still haven't had that chowder yet, damn it. Well, Next time I'm back, you better get them to bring in the chowder of your history. You Castaways it. also features grilled certified Angus beef, burgers, filet mignon, or a huge New York strip. In fact, if you don't make sure they have the chowder next time I'm back there, Carlos don't get paid anymore. Castaways offers great daily lunch and early bird specials, and every Wednesday night is karaoke and ladies' night with free drinks for the ladies. Join the Castaways tailgate party at the Hogfish Bar for weekend and Monday night football specials while you watch your favorite games, your favorite teams play that smash mouth football. The Castaway Seafood Company's got a full bar. They're open seven days a week, and you'll find them on the southwest corner of University Drive and Griffin Road in Davie. If you're looking to cater your next home or office party, Castaways does a stupendous job of doing that as well. Castaway Seafood Company featuring seafood so fresh, it'll slap you on the puss. Live, live and local. We're Sports Radio 560. Q-A-M. Bandage. I f***ed him. Oh! 
Thank you for calling the Rosie O'Donnell Butterball Turkey Hotline. To hear Rosie's Thanksgiving recipes, press 1. To hear Rosie's holiday hints, press 2. Eat everything. When you go to a holiday party, eat the expensive food first. Eat while everyone else is mingling. If there's other people eating, introduce them to someone who talks a lot. While you're chewing, put food into your pockets and purse. Wear baggy clothing, so when your purse and pockets are full, you can stuff food into your bra and panties. Wear a huge hat, so you can fill that with food, too. Continue until all the food is gone. To hear Rosie's binge and purge techniques, call 1-800-BARF-IT-UP. You know, that's another good reason to wear baggy clothing right there. I never thought about that. Right? Great place to hide your stash. Candy bars, mm-hmm. dill pickles, coleslaw. <laughs> hey, never stop those old farts at, uh, at all those other places they put out of business. Pumpernicks, Morrison's, Wolfie's, and even at the Rascal House. Oi! 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon wireless line. Pembroke Pines, hello. Hey, I'm cool. You are listening to the best of WQAM. Not that high. Here's Miami. Hello. How come you don't advertise for bouncing? There he is. Oh, okay. Okay, like I said. But he's not obsessed or fat. No. Coral Springs. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Oh, I didn't know you heard me. I hear you. Hey, uh, I've heard like five different spins on the Iraq situation. Um, to me, why don't we just give him enough time to cover up the whole country with a blanket and hide everything? What's your take? What's your final deal on it? I don't, I don't know where we are. Are we giving him time? Is he letting inspectors in? Are they, what's the story if they find things? Well, I'm glad you, uh, I'm glad you asked that because it's a great lead into this next bedtime story. Since all these people are saying, you know, well, let's, uh, first of all, they're not going to find anything there. It's like, it's like if you had like a cache of weapons in your house. And I said, okay, I'm going to come in six weeks from now. I'm going to come and uh, we're going to bring a whole bunch of inspectors. We're going to find those things, and we're going to throw your ass in jail. You think six weeks later, unless you were a total moron, there'd be any guns uh, we could find in your house? No. No. In fact, remember in Godfather 2, was it in 2? Yeah. After he shot the Don. Right. And he took the gun up on the roof, and he smashed it on the um, chimney. Mm-hmm. into a whole bunch of different uh, pieces, and he threw the different parts of the gun down different chimneys. Remember that? Yep. Down the smokestack. Mm-hmm. Iraq can make chemical weapons that... And that guy asked me what my take was, which is why he's not on anymore. Iraq can make chemical weapons that penetrate U.S. protective gear. Iraqi scientists know how to make chemical weapons that can penetrate military protective clothing, and Iraq imported up to 25 metric tons last month of a powder that is a crucial ingredient to such dusty weapons. Iraq told you when the powder was destined for a pharmaceutical company that a former weapons inspector says was ordered by President Saddam Hussein before the 1991 Persian Gulf War to work on chemical and biological weapons. The powder, sold under the brand named Aerosil, has particles so small that when coated with deadly poisons, they can pass through the tiniest gaps in protective suits. This sounds promising, don't it? Yeah. Experts inside and outside the U.S. government say they're not certain Iraq has dusty chemical weapons, uh, in other words, like everything else, we don't know. The classified U.S. intelligence documents say Iraq produced a dusty form of the blister agent mustard in the 1980s and used it during its eight-year war with Iran. If Iraq made and used the powdered form of its deadliest nerve agent, VX, it could kill U.S. troops dressed in full protective gear, according to a 1990 Defense Intelligence Agency assessment. Although the military's protective suits have been improved since then, experts say dusty weapons could penetrate the new suits. Let me say it again. Although the military's protective suits have been improved since then, experts say the dusty weapons could penetrate the new suits. 
Pentagon officials refuse to discuss the permeability of the new suits or whether Iraq has weapons that could pass through them. Such information is classified, they said. The 1990 uh, DIA document said soldiers could protect themselves by throwing rain ponchos over their chemical suits, which would reduce a fatality risk to near zero. One expert later wrote, one gets the sense that this was recommended in the face of few other options. The researcher Eric Crotty of the Private Center for Nonproliferation Studies said dusty VX would be a serious danger to U.S. troops. VX is so toxic that in its liquid form, a drop on the skin can kill within minutes. The effects of dusty VX, depending on how it gets in the body, would be somewhat faster, Crotty said. It's certainly much more injurious and much more of a severe threat. Dusty chemical weapons are formed by mixing a liquid chemical agent with a fine powder to coat the powder's tiny particles with a deadly poison. The particle's small size allows them to pass through the fabric of a protective suit and any tiny gaps around the seal of a gas mask. The latest U.S. military protective suits have a layer of charcoal on the, uh, in the fabric to trap any poisons that might penetrate the outer covering, but particles small enough could pass through even the charcoal layer. I guess it's like they use on the seats in the airplane <coughs> to catch that. Yeah, how do they work? The closest analogy is no matter what happens when you go to the beach, you still get sand in your shorts, Crotty said. The poisonous powder also would settle in the tiniest nooks and crannies of buildings and equipment, making decontamination extremely difficult. VX in its liquid form already is a decontamination challenge. The sticky poison is persistent and cannot be easily neutralized with substances like bleach. Even if dusty chemical weapons cause no U.S. casualties, they could force American soldiers to work in clumsy protective gear, decontaminate their equipment, and avoid contaminated areas, giving Iraqi soldiers time to mount defenses. His birthday party a couple of years right. ago. What a great party that was. Yes, it was. But um, He said that during the 80s, Iraq imported more than 100 metric tons of aerosol, a brand of fumed silicon dioxide. On the Monday Night Telecast, that they just decided that they're not going to bother. Any hard evidence of that? In September, the New York Times quoted an Iraqi defector as saying Saddam's chemical weapon scientists secretly began producing dusty VX as early as 1994. Aerosol made by the German chemical company, the German chemical company Degussa AG, has an exceptionally small particle size, 12 nanometers. That means that more than 2,100 of the particles strung together would be as thick as a human hair. You think that answers at least a little bit of his uh, question, what's my take? No, what's your take? Oh. Naked women spell out the word peace in protest against the war in Iraq. How come nothing fun like that ever happens here? All right. Point Reyes Station, California, which I have no idea where that is, but it sounds like it might be like up by Frisco in Northern California. I don't know why. It just sounds like it, doesn't it? Yeah, like where a base is or something. I have no idea. Concerned that war against Iraq is imminent, 50 women took off their clothes in the cold rain and lay end-to-end -end in the grass to spell out P-E-A-C-E. -E. The unusual protest was organized in just a few days by artist Donna Sheehan, who wanted to convey the desperation she said women in particular feel about the coming military action. Yeah, have you noticed the flood of calls we're getting from women who were really whipped up about <laughs> Iraq and the Iraq attack? We had one woman so far, and she's pissed off that Tommy's got a squeaky voice. That's South Florida for you, folks. Oblivious. Nothing will ever hurt us. I just thought, what can I do? What can we do? It's a desperate feeling. Well, this is what I did, Sheehan said Friday, and every other woman who was there felt like they were doing something for peace. Sheehan called her friends. They called their friends, and by Tuesday afternoon, they were ready to pose for local photographer Art Rogers in a baseball field in a small town just north of San Francisco, like I said. How do you like that? It just sounds Point Reyes Station, California. It sounds kind of like Frisco-ish. Yes. As soon as they took off their clothes, a cold rain began to fall. How unusual in the San Francisco Bay Area. By the time we'd stripped with a lot of squealing and giggling and whooping and hollering, it was really raining, she said, but we had fun. It was very empowering. 
All the women signed documents allowing their images to be sold with proceeds going to the peace movement. The Point Reyes Light, the local weekly newspaper, published the picture on Thursday. And George wants to see it right away. Right now. 214 votes on our very scientific poll there on neilrogers.com. The 2004 presidential election, if it pits President Bush against Al Gore, what would you be doing? I'd vote for Bush 80, Gore 64, 37% to 30% for Bush in this crowd. I'd blow my brains out 36, I'd leave the country 18, and I wouldn't vote 16 out of 214. Here's a call from Miramar. Hello. Miramar. Going once. Going twice. Oh, that's uh, that's Glenn in Miramar. See, we don't even hear the voice, and I know who it is. Right-wing Glenn. Hey, get back on the poll and vote for Bush again a couple of times, Glenn, and cut the crap. Go clean out your gun. Tom Ridge, statement has no new threats. Homeland Security Chief Tom Ridge said Sunday there was nothing new in a statement attributed to al-Qaeda that threatens new attacks in Washington and New York unless America stops supporting Israel and converts to Islam. The threats contained in that piece are the same threats we've been hearing now for the past year, rigid Tom Ridge said in a TV interview. It's just added to the totality of the threat environment within which we're working, but we don't add any special credence to it other than we know we're at war, he said. How do you like that? Now, does that tell you a lot? No. We doesn't give us any more information, but we know we're at war. Oh. That's what Tom Ridge said, Director of Homeland Security. A little preemptive, isn't he? In fact, that would be a, a great question. Who's the better cigar store Indian, Al Gore, Tom Ridge, or uh, Ron uh, Diaz? Don't you think that's a toughie? Let's line them up. A correspondent for the Arab satellite TV station Al Jazeera told the AP that he received the unsigned six-page document on Wednesday, a day after the station broadcast that audio tape believe made by Osama Yamama. The U.S. and other governments blame bin Laden for the attacks, yada, yada, yada. The Arab TV correspondent Yosri Fauda, who's known for good contacts within al-Qaeda, would only say that the statement came from his sources within the group, but he insisted he was certain it came from the terrorist movement's leadership. Ridge said the Bush administration was uncertain of the source of the letter. We're familiar with that piece of information. There are no new threats, he said. These are the same old conditions. It's just part of the continuing threat environment that we assess. It's really nothing new. Meanwhile, a senior Bush administration official confirmed yesterday that Ridge is President Bush's choice to add a new Department of Homeland Security. The Senate's expected to pass legislation this week to create the department. The House has already voted in favor of it. But this story from CBS News, I have to raise a couple of eyebrows because they added all that other crap in there, and I'm not so sure that it's going to get passed at all. Because Tom DeLay and some other right-wingers have added a whole bunch of extra crap in there to benefit some of their buddies in Texas and elsewhere. And uh, so this story may be obsolete, okay? Get with it, CBS, or else. Look at those phones smoking, aren't they, baby? Wow. I noticed that uh, he ain't even answering anymore, Carlos. He's still disgusted. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the end. It'll probably reflect on this next paycheck, too. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Can't get any lower. That's right. 12 minutes after 10 at 560 WQAM. If you want to start popping something good for your health, something that will protect you against those evildoers, oleomed can't hurt. Oleomed Mediterranean formulas are advanced combinations of pharmaceutical-grade olive oil combined with good stuff for your body. Vitamins, minerals, herbals, other nutrients, scientifically designed to provide natural nutrition solutions to help you support specific health needs. Look for Oleomed's three great new formulas. they got a new one to help you sleep. There's one product to help you control your weight and CoQ10, which is so damn good for your heart. All using the benefits of the finest olive oil, the purest olive oil that money can buy. Pick up some Oleomed today at Publix, Eckerd's, or Walgreens, or get more information about their products by calling the toll-free number and axing away. Call 1-866-OLEOMED. 
That's 1-866-653-6633-10, which is so damn good for your heart. All using the benefits of the finest olive oil, the purest olive oil that money can buy. Pick up some Oleomed today at Publix, Eckerd's, or Walgreens, or get more information about their products by calling their toll-free number and action away. Call 1-866-OLEOMED. That's 1-866-653-6633. You can also order their products online at oleomedamerica.com. And don't forget, if you visit your nearest Publix and buy an Oleomed product in Dater Broward, you can get you a coupon for a free Larry Coker bobblehead doll while supplies last. Oh! They're playing home games. Pick up free Oleomed samples and product information and start popping some Oleomed in your puss like right away. My, my, and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAQAM. Floridians, dumb as dirt. This is a story about a girl who got dirty. Here's a warning. Listen up. I curse, 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 curse a lot. Now I'm all grown up. I took a while. It's so in my mouth a lot. They go. Yeah, she's dirty, and George would like to clean her off, and I guess probably Carlos, too, with her tongue. It's 1018 at 560 WQM. I'm telling you, the calls are pouring in. No. Not. That's okay. Like I said, it's Monday. Don't knock yourselves out. i got lots of good stuff here today. little mix and match, a little of this, a little bit of that. Try to keep everybody happy, right? It's a delicate balance we try to weave on this show. Here's a call from Miami. Hello. Miami. Okay, and uh, you see, you put the Naples call back on here again. Let's see if it's for real. Hello, Naples. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, sir. Yes. How are you doing? You okay. know, in my arrogance and conceit, I really thought you were going to come back down for the uh, game Friday night at the uh, Mac Arena. Oh, no. This is that guy again. Get out of here. Sorry. It's the, it's the, look, let me just say this to you, okay? This isn't one of the shows on a station that talks to the same four or five people every day. I mean, we have those shows, but this isn't one of them. I just, I just suggest that to you. Now, didn't I get rid of him the first time? Yeah. Because my, and I, well, that wasn't who I thought it was going to be, but uh, nevertheless, my, I had a psychic premonition that that's who it was. Or that it was somebody we didn't want to talk to. And this is the guy again, the ebullient guy who's always online. I'm from New York, from Naples, from, go away, okay? Leave me alone. You have nothing to say. All you want to do is call here and suck my ass. And believe me, I've seen you. And look at those phones. Is there one call on there? No. Okay, but we like the calls. Don't even answer them now, okay? Don't answer the calls. You had your chance. You had your opportunity. Now I'm starting to get fired up and pissed off with this crowd. It's the same old crap. As if They love the calls as if the calls have something to say. They've got nothing to say. It's the same misfits, the same no-lifes, the same retards. Work my freaking old aging pimply ass off here month after month, day after day, doing what I thought was pretty interesting crap, okay, with a little bit of entertainment thrown in there as well. And the price was right. Oh, no, we don't like that. Tom Jicko is right. This is periodicals on audio. We want to hear the callers. The callers are great. Even George knows the callers suck. 
Yeah. Hijack attempt on Israeli airliner four. No, it just it just amazes me how we we've said this for years. It's never going to change. It's like suggesting that South Florida someday is going to become like a sophisticated place, you know, or like uh, there are going to be a few people under the age of 100 down there. It ain't going to happen. It's like trying to make chopped liver from uh, dog droppings, man. You can't do it. You just can't do it. The same people who want to hear the sound of their own voice. Oh, I guess you didn't come back down Friday to meet me at the hockey game. No, I did not. In fact, if there was one major reason I wouldn't come back there last Friday or any other goddamn day, it would be to meet you at the hockey game or at the, the Rascal House or any other place. Go away. Get a life. Find a friend. Go to the bathhouse. Find a boyfriend. Get away from me. Man, talk about a bunch of Klingons. Now, you, now look at that. Look what you got on there on 9. And you believe that? You believe that call on 9 is from Detroit? Here's Detroit. Hello. Hey, Neil. What's going on? Are you in Detroit? Yes, sir. I told you. What's Hello? up? Yeah, are you, on eight, are you on 8 Mile Road? Uh, try and stay as far away from there as possible. Okay. Um, th your friend, uh, Mo Howard David? Yeah. He was uh, posing for Playgirl. Uh, uh, you know what, Carlos, ain't, not only is his next paycheck going to be small, it ain't coming. You're not getting another paycheck. You've just been banished to free work for the next two years. No checks for another two more years. So make that first check stretch out as long as you can. It's already gone. When and out. To say that. Too late. When in doubt, stretch it out. And the check, too. I mean, I, I just look at where these calls are supposedly coming from. I've been around a block a few times. This guy's calling from Detroit to tell me that Mo posed for a, what was it, TV guide? Security guards overpowered an Israeli Arab as he attempted to hijack an LL flight en route from Tel Aviv to Istanbul yesterday, police said. During the flight, the man wielding a small penknife attempted to break into the cockpit of the Boeing 757, but security officials thwarted his efforts, LL said in a statement. Turkish radio and TV identified him as Tekviv Fukra. Watch the way you say that. F-U-K-R-A, Fukra. LL said he was, on, and he was an Arab carrying an Israeli passport, and all 170 people were aboard that flight. We heard people saying there was fighting, and a half minute later became clear from row five or six. A man ran amok toward the pilot's cabin, attacked a stewardess, and tried to enter the cockpit. An Israeli passenger on the plane told his uh, Israel, uh, what is it? Israel Army radio. We saw a stewardess running like crazy from the front of the place to the business section. She was terrified, said the passenger, identified as Menachem. Security guards threw him to the floor with his legs spread and his face to the floor. The passengers were hysterical, but the flight attendants were very cool. They calmed us down, he said, according to Reuters. The flight took off at 8.15 p.m. from Tel Aviv's Ben-Gurion Airport, landed safely at 10.15 p.m. in Istanbul. Police at Ataturk Airport said no one was hurt. I wonder if Dr. Ataturk was there, that quack-foot doctor that Rimmer tried to hook me up with, Dr. Ataturk. The suspect was arrested. Early today, the plane was sitting empty on the ground at the airport in Istanbul. The suspect was in custody of Turkish authorities who were questioning him before handing him over to Israel. It's not clear how the man may have managed to bring a penknife on board. El Al, Israel's national airline, is considered the most secure in the world. How do you like that? And did you see, did you see that? I'm sure you must have on CNN where they were like whisking him away with the handcuffs. No, I missed it. You didn't see that? Nope. And he had this pained look on his face, like, why, you, uh, why are you picking on me? You know, why is everybody picking on me? That kind of look. Although they, uh, on CNN, they're showing that story now. Oh, there's some uh, Jew-looking guy. After, he asked for water. For water? And then immediately take out the knife. And she pushed them out. And she gave a cry. She gave a and cry. And then I saw two people jumping off somebody. 
And I jumped also to help them. You see, that guy right there, look at this guy. See, that's what the world thinks a Jew is. And just that, That's why you brought that to my attention. That's George's idea. Oh, there's oh, the guy. No, 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 wait, wait. Look at the, wait till you see the look on this guy's face. Oh, it's too, is it too late? Oh, uh, damn it. Yeah, like, uh, and then they're saying he's a little, 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 like maybe crazy, like that. That's punk. Fry his ass right now, okay? Oh, there he goes. There he goes. Drag him away. Just fry his ass. Don't ask I didn't any do questions. Nothing. Five six seven oh five sixty. Let's get some real meaty calls on here today. Let's get some women who want peace, who aren't going to just sit back and watch all our soldiers get killed and watch La Bamba be dropping all over the goddamn place, even in Geneva, New York. Let's go somewhere we can be safe, like Batavia. We can check out the great new clubhouse at the reopening of Batavia Downs this week. Want to go? All right. Here's Miami. Hello. Hi, Neil. How are you today? Great. How's the weather up there in Toronto? Two inches of snow on the ground, cold as hell, and I love it. It's great. I yeah I'm I usually live up north and right now uh, earlier today it was like 55 degrees or something down here yeah everybody's like oh it's so cold wear a sweater I'm like, come on people it's gonna be 37 our high today is gonna be 37 yeah that's a good old Canadian winter and I'm, I'm gonna tell you to be honest with you unless it's windy I was thinking this yesterday because the wind subsided it was about 30 uh -huh. and unless it's windy 30 isn't really all that cold. No, it's not. You know, when you get used to it anyway. I mean, as long as you're dressed for it. I mean, if you're standing out there in a T-shirt, it's probably not a good idea. But if you're dressed for it, what's the big deal? Exactly. You put on a maple leaf coat or something. Right. Well, not this week, please. <laughs> no, not ever. Not this season. Not ever again. But uh, I was, you know, just listening in, and, you know, that Israeli uh, airline thing, the guy with the pen knife. Yeah. Who who, who allows himself to be hijacked, the guy with the pen knife? Well, and, they didn't. Well, I know, but... The fact that he even made it as far as the cockpit's absurd. Yeah, that, that is surprising uh, on LL. You're right about that. How the hell he got that through because they've got security that's tighter than a witch's butt, and uh, how he got it on there beats the heck out of me. Oof, that is security. But uh, also the uh, the cyanide gas attack thing and the, the, the underground that was uh, thwarted by M15. It's good to know that at least someone's security agency works you know, somewhere in the world. Yeah. Not too good over here, but over there it seems to be working pretty good. In fact, you, you notice most of the plots that are being uh, broken up are in France and in uh, places around Europe and other parts of the world. Here they're not doing too good. Yeah, and, you know, they probably don't even spend a fraction of the money that we do now on uh, homeland security. Hmm, maybe we should start hiring, you know, English and French types for our security. Either that or just move there sounds okay. Have a great day, pal. Good luck to us. Good luck to all of us. Okay, don't be so negative now. The Bushmeister, he's doing a great job. He's pissed off. He's fired up. He hates that uh, Kim Al Jing, Ching, whatever that guy's name is. <laughs> that was quite an alarming piece last night on 60 Minutes. And it goes to show that a guy like Bob Woodward, who pretends to be this great journalist, he'll do anything to peddle a book. He don't give a crap. He'll do anything. He'll say anything. He'll kiss any ass just to sell some books. 262 votes on there. If the 2004 presidential election pits President Bush against Al Gore, I'd vote for Bush 95. I'd vote for Gore 80. It's tightening up a little bit. I'd blow my brains out 46. I'd leave the country 21. I wouldn't vote at all 20. That's the lay of the land right in the, 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 there. I mean, is that really the best we can do? Was that the best we could do last time? Good God. Jimmy Carter and Jerry Ford? <laughs> Seriously. I know. Stop and think about that for a second. I remember. Scary. You know, Thanksgiving's coming. Everybody's flocking to be home together again, gathered around the table with delicious homemade food, family traditions. After all, it's not the turkey that makes the meal special. It's the people and the cranberries and stuffing. Getting ready for the hungry guest can be stressful, especially if the people are staying overnight. If you're having a house full for Thanksgiving, let Dial-A-Mattress make your holiday preparations a little bit easier. Now's the time to call 1-800-MATTRESS and get you that new mattress in before the house guests get there. 
if they already told you that they're coming, or even if you don't hear from them until the night before, makes no difference because dial a mattress can deliver you a top-quality Serta, Sealy, Simmons, or King Coral mattress the same day you call them. I've been sleeping on a dial a mattress for years, and they are the best in the world. Their deal is unbeatable all the way around. Call Dial a Mattress right now at 1-800-MATTRESS. Be sure and tell them that old Neil told you to call, by the way, or Fat Boy will be very upset. 1-800-MATTRESS and talk turkey with a betting consultant to choose from the very best mattresses at even better prices. So rest easy this Thanksgiving and all year round, knowing that everybody will be sleeping comfortably. Get ready for the holidays right now by calling 1-800-MATTRESS. What if Rosie should show up, for example? That's 1-800-MATTRESS for Dial a Mattress, brand name bed, same day service. Call them now, be sleeping like a baby tonight. And like I told you, be sure and tell them that Neil and Fat Boy told you to call. My. Local. This is Sports Radio 560. UAM. Bad day to quit sniffing glue. Coming up tonight on Inside the Behind the True Hollywood Celebrity Music Biography Profile Story, we take a good, hard, stiff look into stardom as we bring you the story of the DeRocha Brothers. Their name may sound like a raw sewage removal company, but they were men without hats. We can dance if we want to. We've got all your life in mind. Well, the band was me, eh? With my brother Stefan on guitar, eh? And my older brother Colin on keyboard, you know? Tonight, we'll play you a rare interview with the brothers from Canada, conducted in the early 1980s by Britain's new musical express reporter, Timothy I'm Better Than You. Right, I, the band is called Men Without Hats. How did you come up with that name? I don't know, eh? Do you wear a hat? No. And what about you, Stefan? Do you wear a hat? No. Colin? No. Right. Uh, so then, what does safety dance mean? I don't know, eh? Can we cut this? Men without hats. Much like their hit song, they're dumb as a bag of rocks. It's a big, juicy, sopping, wet look at show business tonight on Inside the Behind. 10.33 at 5.60 WQAM. Tomorrow's going to be a big day. Well, actually, Wednesday will be the big day. You want to know why? Why? You know why. Wednesday? 2.30 tomorrow afternoon, the trend comes oh. out. Oh, boy. So another one of them reading trend. things. Another trend, another book, another book, another trend, and a bunch of numbers on a bunch of sheets of pages. This one got a diary. This one didn't have a diary, and et cetera, and so on. 289 votes on a poll. If the 2004 presidential election pits President Bush against Al Gore, uh, I'd vote for Bush 103. I'd vote for Gore 90. It's getting tight. 35.6%, 31.1%, and the returns are still being counted and some made up. I'd blow my brains out 49, I wouldn't vote 26, and I'd leave the country 21. All right. I might leave the country. Oh, like Geldy says, I'm already out of the country. Here's Fort Lauderdale. Hello. Fort Lauderdale. That's it. Miami Springs. Hello. What we got a spate of these now? Is this the new deal? Nobody in Miami Springs? Oh, they're there. Here's Miami. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Yeah, hi. I'm at University of Miami. I'm uh, so just, sorry. I know, right? I'm just calling. You probably certainly wouldn't remember me, but um, I'm the guy who came by with a friend of mine a couple years ago. We dropped you off uh, Reefer Madness and the Bill Hicks CD. Oh, sure. But, but I certainly wouldn't expect you to remember us specific. Anyway, the reason I'm calling is uh, I had a microbiology class here last semester at UM, and our teacher was just pissed off and fired up about how amazingly powerful biological weapons are and how they're totally ignored. And anyway, point of story is um, late 80s, 
they had lots of proof and information that uh, Iraq had the estimated total of 19,000 liters of Botox toxin. And, mm -hmm. of course, we all know BT toxin. You know, they're all stuffing it in their face here and anywhere else they can get a chance to. But um, it is the most poisonous material on Earth. Um, it works on uh, neurological pathways. Uh, and, of course, they never found a drop of it. Uh, just like you said, you know, you give them time to hide it, it's going to mm -hmm. be disappearing. Oh, the whole concept is stupid. You know, it's ridiculous. Absolutely. 19,000 liters, though, that is enough. Um, if, if not just um, aerosol, if it's, if it's done in a very direct contact, which is a little out, out of hand, if it's done in that manner, it is enough um, BT to kill the entire population of the Earth. Mm -hmm. The entire population of the Earth. Now, of course, if you aerosol it and it's not exactly a perfect, uh, you know, installation into the body, that's not going to be able to kill everyone on Earth. But, but as you can see, it's a very scary kind of thing. Um, but uh, it, it's just it's so ignored. And, and the reason my teacher was so pissed off and fired up is these kind of these kind of um, attack mechanisms, these biological weapons, are so cheap. And they're so easy to hide. There's a thousand ways to hide them. Mm -hmm. and, and he'd mention to us on a daily basis about this kind of thing. Um, and anyway, so I just wanted to support you in what you're saying. And as a final comment, um, I hate the calls. The calls are absurd. The people are idiots. I can't believe you are forced to listen to these idiots and waste, you know, I'm out of ten calls. <laughs> Five of them are yeah. morons that don't speak a word. And I'm so sorry you have to go through this. Well, so I, don't, I, don't ha I don't have to. I'm choosing to do it. I can do whatever the hell I want. That's the one thing I'll say for this place is they don't tell me what to do. But, well, that's good. But, you know, you take the poll and 40% of the people say, oh, well, we like the calls. It improves the show. Based on what? I mean, you've got something to say, but of the people we've talked to today, I say so far maybe three people have had something to say, and the rest of them are like either they're, uh, you know, making little noises or they're not there or they're playing with themselves or playing with a phone or they got something in there. You know, whatever. And that's it. That's the extent of their uh, with South Florida. It's never going to change. Absolutely. And I, I totally understand what you're feeling, and I'm so sorry you got to go with it. I know you have your own choices, but God damn it, people, give them the vote. Get these idiots off the call. <laughs> Please, let, let, us, let us listen to what's going on in the world. And okay. Spin. Thanks again, Neil. Calm we down. love what you're there. Hey, I'm okay. trying. Have Bye a great now. life. Have a great life and do it fast because it don't sound too promising. It's another good reason to be stirring that hornet's nest like uh, George says. That, go go and get that broomstick out and start right. stirring up the hornet's nest. Knock it and, hard. <laughs> and see if anything else, any crap stirred up. You're going to love, in fact, I'm going to do the break a little bit early because you're going to love this next, uh, it's from the New York Times. Okay. Debate Club's secret handshakes, now public grins. Oh, you'll love this. <laughs> you might hide under the goddamn counter by the time I get done with that. Can't wait. Well, that, that guy's right. He's absolutely right. And maybe during the course of these uh, days to come, maybe you'll inform us, me and George and Carlos and everybody else listening, what it is that you enjoy so much about these phone calls, huh? Since this audience is almost adamant. But they've got to have calls. Just like the asshole that calls me on Friday. Oh, they're paying you a lot of money. That's what they're paying you for to take calls. Guess what? No. No, they're not. No, they're not. But there's this arrogance among the callers. Like, well, you're taking away our show. It's a, We're the ones that, yeah, you're the ones that kill us. You're the ones that destroy, that butcher, that mangle, that twist, that uh, whatever. 319 votes. The votes are pouring in there for Bush and for Gore and for suicide, things like that. Yeah, his appearance last night on 60 Minutes was, and it wasn't, uh, they didn't show the whole interview. They just showed clips of it. Yeah. But uns unsettling at best. Glad I missed it. 
and he's angry and he's fired up and he's pissed off and he hates this one and he hates that one and he hates the evildoers and uh, about the fact that he dominates in these uh, cabinet meetings. Mm -hmm. He uh, he dominates. He doesn't want to, and he they showed him making the statement about how well when he says something he doesn't have to explain it to anybody. When somebody else well, that's says a good thing. Yeah, when somebody else says something, uh, they might have to explain it to him. But that's one of the perks of being president. He don't have to explain himself to anybody. And that's then he good, went like that. He wouldn't be able to if he had to. He went a couple of times, and they, nobody said, what do you mean by that? How do you like that? <laughs> 20 to 11. Uh, listen, I, hey, uh, you, you look at him. That's uh, all. You don't, yeah. you don't need to hear a word. Nope. You don't need to read anything. You don't need to ask any questions. You look at him, and that answers everything you want to know. His blinking is loud. Don't get me started, please. I want to stay calm. Hey, here's a great place you can go. If the world is really coming to an end, why not just go and pig out, huh? Why not just jam it in your puss and in your pants and in your skirt at the Emerald Coast Chinese Buffet? Boy, you talk about a pleasurable place. Forget about the worries of the world there. You'll find three locations for you. They're in Sunrise, North Miami Beach, and their brand-new location in Pembroke Pines. They've got six different kinds of great soups. In fact, if you're a real pig, why not try them all? Why not? They're all great. And they've got dozens and dozens of mouth-watering entrees, including Oriental Surf and Turf on the weekends. New York Strip Steak made to your order just the way you like it at the Gourmet Center. That's a sizzling Asian grill featuring all of these things. Teriyaki, steak, shrimp, chicken, seafood, even hand-carved primary. Let me say it again. Cook to your order. And the Emerald Coast Buffet promotes healthy living. There's no crap in any of their food. No MSG. None of that uh, cholesterol uh, oil crap. They use only cholesterol-free oils in all their cooking. Their buffet features a full salad bar, a new sushi bar, and fresh rim cocktail. One requirement, try to save room for dessert. Get a crowbar and just shove it in your pants because the desserts are sensational. There are pies and cakes and pastries and ice cream with all your favorite toppings. Fresh fruit, including watermelon. It's a perfect ending to an unforgettable feast. You'll find the uh, Emerald Coast in Sunrise at Pine Island at 44th Street. That's the original South Florida location. Also on Collins Avenue, just north of 163rd and North Miami Beach. And the intersection of Flamingo and Pembroke Road in prestigious Pembroke Pines. Emerald Coast, accept reservations, take out and delivery available, too. In fact, because Richard, uh, he's over there in uh, Sunrise, Richard is from Toronto. When you go in there, say, how are the Leafs doing, eh? And he'll just, he'll probably kick you out. Call 954-572-3822. That's 954-572-3822. Check out the new Oriental Chicken Salad, too. At the Emerald Coast Chinese Buffet, it'd be the best. Live and local, this, this is 560. The radio's all yours now. QAM. Gosh, I can't think of the name of that stuff. It's uh, uh, uh it's just completely slipping my mind. What is it called? Uh, I can't. Uh, I know it's like a disease. It's like a disease or something that. Uh, oh, why can't I think of the name? What is it? It's 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 it's, it's uh, uh, um. Oh, would you shut up, you stupid duck? I'm trying to read my mail. Anthrax now available nationwide. He should have just asked Rummy. Anthrax. He knows what it is. 1046 at 560 WQM. Before I get to that story, that because uh, I want you to have time to strap yourself in. Mm. All right. Here's an even better one in a different way. Man slashed an argument over Harry Buttocks. Rectum. Harry who? This is in one of the Brit publications, by the oh. way, of course. Leave it to them to be making fun of us. Wait till I get to that uh, royal uh, scandal rape story. A man in the U.S. was allegedly slashed with a knife after arguing with a friend over who had the hairiest buttocks. Police say Emmanuel Nieves and Eric Saparito were talking with friends in Mansfield Township, New Jersey, about their bums when the conversation became heated. About their bums. Don't you love those Brits? <laughs> Rectum. 
It's alleged Nieves got so upset he pulled a knife and slashed Mr. Saperito on the head. Oh! Mr. Saperito is in good condition after being treated at a Hackettstown hospital. Nieves is being held on $25,000 bond. Charges against him include aggravated assault, terrorist threats, weapons offenses, and criminal mischief. All over who's got the hairiest buttocks, who's got the hairiest ass. Hole. <laughs> Here we go. Debate club secret handshakes, now public grins in yesterday's New York Times. In the early days of the Bush administration, allegiance to the conservative debate club known as the Federalist Society was declared almost in a whisper. A nominee for a top Justice Department post grilled by a Democratic senator last year about his membership in the society professed that he had no idea what its politics were. Judicial nominees, meanwhile, scrambled to disavow positions they had taken before the society. As critics attacked its influence in the White House, members complained of McCarthyite smear tactics. But if membership in the Federalist Society was once a source of controversy, this week it became cause for a coming-out party, as several thousand members at the group's 20th anniversary conference reveled in its growing influence in the Bush administration in the wake of the Republican-swept elections. A three-day conference that concluded today at the Mayflower Hotel in Washington, meaning yesterday, looked at times less than a private law conference than a Justice Department retreat. No fewer than 12 senior Justice Department officials, including John Ashcroft himself and half his 10 top-ranking assistant attorneys general, gave speeches and attended seminars to give their decidedly conservative views about terrorism, religious freedoms, and other issues. Law professors, lawyers, lobbyists, and society members from around the country shared coffee and White House-shaped cakes with cabinet members and talked legal shop with conservative icons like Justice Antonin Scalia, Kenneth W. Starr, the Whitewater prosecutor, and former Judge Robert Bork. Despite a budget of $3.2 million and nearly 30,000 members, the Federalist Society does not stake out official positions or endorse candidates. It does not bring lawsuits or file legal briefs. What it does, organizers say, is promote dialogue about constitutional principles and the law. Along the way, it has attracted conservative admirers throughout the Bush administration and the federal judiciary, much to the chagrin of liberal critics who say it has achieved too influential a behind-the-scenes role in governing. David M. McIntosh, a Washington lawyer and co-founder of the Society, said this week's conference lineup was the most impressive he could remember. Six months or so ago, Mr. McIntosh said, the Society's members sometimes felt as they were under interrogation by the Communist Hunting House on American Activities Committee for their beliefs, but with wider exposure and more sympathetic ears, he said, the group now sees a greater chance than ever before to influence legal policy, especially in bringing like-minded jurists to the federal bench. That is what has the society's critics so worried, especially with the prospect of several openings on the Supreme Court soon. Nadine Strassen, president of the ACLU, sparred with Assistant Attorney General Michael Chertoff and other conservative lawyers at a Federalist Society debate on Friday on the impact of the war on terrorism and American civil liberties. Ms. Strassen, invited as a contrarian liberal voice, was in the clear minority. The society has done a lot to advance public debate, she said, but it's very dis dispiriting to me as a civil libertarian that the very conservative pro-government wing has really taken over not just the group, but in a way our justice system. Federalist society members, once ticklish about such attacks, seem to delight in them at this week's conference, as Mr. Ascroft, Solicitor General Ted Olson, and others lampooned the liberal voices who dread the group's influence. There are some who would paint the Federalist Society as a nefarious underground cabal with secret handshakes and blood oaths, Mr. Ascroft deadpanned. Then as his audience cackled, he added, I called you all here because I want to know who squealed. Another common theme at the conference, beyond the self-parodies and surefire punchlines at Bill and Hillary Clinton's expense, was a sense of awe and wonderment over how far the group had come. The Federalist Society started 20 years ago as a loosely cobbled network of conservative groups rebelling against what were seen as ultra-liberal student and faculty bodies at places like Yale Law School, recalled Mr. Bork, a former law professor, 
Today, the society's got 140 law school chapters and 60 lawyers' chapters, and membership has grown by 5,000 people in the last year as its fame has spread, said the society's president, Eugene Meyer. Who would have thought 20 years ago, just as Scalia said at the society's Black Tie Gala on Thursday, that the little organization of students at a couple of law schools would have evolved today to a power of such proportions? Pausing, he said, it could have been a grand flop. How do you like that, huh? Nice. Lovely. And America's sleeping, baby. How about those ball games, man? Let's get to the important stuff, like O.J. Good segue. Thank you. Told you we had a good O.J. story today. And it's from the Globe, so it might be partially true. O.J. buys $7,000 boobs to make Lover look like Nicole. O.J. Simpson is shelled out early. And by the way, good morning, O.J. O.J. Simpson has shelled out nearly $7,000 to boost his much younger girlfriend boobs, say insiders, while still owing millions to the families of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman from their wrongful death civil suit. To celebrate the monumental occasion, Simpson, 55, and Christy Prody embarked on a booze-soaked binge in Miami Beach, eyewitnesses say. <laughs> the 27-year-old blonde proudly bared her new breasts, which the disgraced football hero bragged are at least one cup large size, uh, one cup size larger, and even allowed a fellow patron to snap a picture of her new treasure chest. Christie has definitely had a boob job, insisted an insider. She's telling everyone she has, and she couldn't be happier. O.J. wanted her with bigger breasts, and he's telling people that that's the way he likes his women. Blonde, white, blue-eyed, and big boobs. Blast Brown's cousin, Rolf Bauer. He's not doing it for his girlfriend. He just wants to make her into the next Nicole. He wants somebody who looks like her to be Nicole. I hope she doesn't eventually end up like Nicole. In other words, Dade. Sources say Simpson and Prody launched their day of drinking last month around noon at a famous Miami Beach waterfront bar restaurant called Motti's, but they really got wild and crazy later at Playwright, a local Irish pub. You know Playwright? No. Well, you better get with it. <gasps> they were bombed said one eyewitness. Christie said O.J. had just paid for her to get breast implants, and she was quite happy to show them to everyone. She was really proud. When she exposed herself, O.J. was just smiling. You could see the bruises from the surgery. And while he lost his 1968 Heisman Award as the best college football player to Nicole's estate, Simpson was strutting like a rooster over his gal pal's trophy bust, judging by another playwright customer's remarks. According to O.J., says the second eyewitness, Christie wanted bigger breasts for a long time, and he finally decided to get them for her. He told me, I've always liked big-chested blondes anyway. I couldn't believe O.J. said that. He seemed really proud of the whole thing. He told me it cost him a few grand, and she went up at least one cup size. The second source says Simpson and Prody were guzzling drinks, noting that O.J. ordered shot after shot of aged whiskey at 20 bucks a pop. After they each had more than a few, he stunned people by talking Christy into pulling up her new top and showing off her new breasts. He said, they're beautiful. Let them see what I bought. He laughed, and then she did. A third eyewitness notes, the more Christie drank, the wilder she became. She was talking about her new breast and rubbing them. Then she began grabbing the breasts of other females in the bar. All the while, O.J. was laughing and didn't discourage her. And then there's a picture. I told you about this picture of him with his uh, phony breasts. Mm-hmm. Mm. This is worth seeing. That's on page 17 of this week's, of the November 26th Globe. It's worth go, seeing that, just, just that picture alone. I'll go get it next month. When it comes out there. Right. At one point, Outrageous Simpson spotted a Halloween costume with fake breasts in the bar, slipped them out of her shirt, and obscenely pulled them out for Prody and other patrons to lick the fake nipples, and that's what the picture is. When he did it, everyone was laughing, said the first eyewitness, but it was revolting to watch, really sick. While O.J.'s attorney, Elka Lander, tells Globe, Christie doesn't have any breast implants, it didn't happen. Experts say there's little doubt she's had a boob job. 
You can see the border of the implant and the slight pucker at the nipple where the incision was made, said New York plastic surgeon Dr. Bruce Nadler. They look like two half grapefruits, sort of exaggerated Baywatch look, which I don't like because it's not natural, he said. And certified cosmetic surgeon Dr. Al Ailey, MD of the University of Iowa, points out the whole bill could reach seven grand, a fact that's got the Brown and Goldman families furious. Simpson moved to Miami two years ago to escape California's tough bankruptcy laws after he lost that civil suit and was ordered to pay $3.5 million for the 1994 debts of Brown and Goldman. O.J. sickens me, rages Brown's cousin, Rolf Bauer. He owes the family millions of dollars, but instead of paying them, he turns around and spends thousands to buy his girlfriend some breasts. This is typical of the guy. He doesn't show any remorse for Nicole's death. All he does is buy boobs for his girlfriend. How do you like that, huh? If you want to see a big boob, O.J., just look in the mirror. That's all you have to do, you idiot. You scumbag, you lowlife, and have a great day, by the way. Did you tell me the weather's pretty crappy again? Oh, I don't know what it is lately. Because I sure hope it don't interfere with O.J.'s golf game, you know? Oh, man. Yeah, I don't want to mess up your golf game, O.J., because we want to make sure that you're having a great amount of pleasure in South Florida, where every scumbag sooner or later uh, uh, finds his way. 354 votes on the poll. If the 2004 presidential election puts uh, pits President Bush against Al Gore, I think the pits was the operative term there. I vote for Bush 133, 37.5%. I vote for Gore 110, 31%. Even in this audience, which it may be getting stacked there, you know what I'm saying? What are you getting a few, a few ringers in there? <laughs> I'd blow my brains out 56. I wouldn't vote 29. I'd leave the country 26. As the moderate, rational people of America, if there are any of them left, they just kind of sit back like this, just like on Election Day, and uh, the boots just keep stomping and marching, and we're going to go blow up this one, and we're going to blow up that one, and to uh, hell with the consequences, you know? We need that oil real bad. 1056 at 560 WQAM. Tom Lehman and Hallett Pontiac GMC are proud to announce the great Neil Rogers Neil Deal 0% sale. That's right, with approved credit from GMAC, get zero down payment and 0% financing on all 2002 and 2003 Pontiac and GMC models, plus zero payments for 90 days. Let me say it again, zero payments for 90 days. Or take a rebate of up to five grand. And as always at Hallett, zero hassles. Don't forget to mention you heard about it here on the Neil Rogers Show and save even more when you mention the Neil Deal. Check out the complete line of GMC SUVs, including that snappy Envoy, the, uh, motor, the SUV of the year, according to Motor Trend Magazine, and the new Pontiac Vibe SUV that's got the power of a big, fancy sports car. Hallett's also got a tremendous selection of used cars, trucks, and SUVs, and credit problems, never a problem, at Hallett, where you're always sure they're going to cut you a deal. But right now, it's the great Neal deal, 0% sale at Hallett Pontiac, 13401 South Dixie Highway. That's U.S. 1 across from the falls. Open every day of your life, seven days a week. Call the Neal Deal hotline for more information, toll-free, 1-888-534-4211. That's 1-888-534-4211 for Hallett Pontiac GMC, who be professional grade, depend on it. We're Sports Radio 560, QAM. This is 560, live and local, QAM. Yeah. M-O-N-D-A-Y. Oh, yeah, yeah, you too, uh, Gildy. Uh, have a good day in paradise, okay? Yeah, get lost, you punk, you part of me. Hey, you Howard, David. Yeah, that's right. Star of stage screen in paradise. Say, you look like Will Chamberlain. That's Gozai's Will Chamberlain. <laughs> 
Yeah, but you're dead. So are you. I ain't now, get behind the car. What for? Why? I said get. Get move. What do you, what do you, what do you, you require? Get back behind what, the car. You, hey, get, get, get your hands off the merchandise. Scream all you want. Hey, all all right, all right. No one but the smokers down here in the garage. Hey, what do you require of me? I require you drop your pants. Now. Uh, now, see here. Right now. Uh, okay, I want those okay. pants drop them, drop down you? the hill. You like it? Now, uh, bend over. Okay, uh, on the trunk here. Is that nice? I said bend over now. Yes, sir. Mm. Mm. Oh. Now. Mm. Now, squeal like a pig. Squeal like oh, a pig. Okay. That's it. Squeal. Squeal. Say, that's kind of mm. nice. Yes. Yeah. I got to run. Hey, where you going? Don't I get a dinner? Will Chamberlain, he raped Howard. Eleven oh two at five sixty WQM. Happy Monday to you. We got the uh, Jim Manage World Famous Show one o'clock today. Boo Shabby for the Humper is on his way back from the West Coast. Boo will be doing a show from WFA in New York. Aren't you impressed about that? Uh, and then you got Nat Moore with Boo five to six o'clock, which is part of that whole uh, let's kill an easy hour thing. Six thirty to eight thirty at Hurricane Hotline. The big oh eight thirty to ten. Eddie K at ten from GA and ten uh, to, what is it two to six in the morning at Joan Mark. Now, what's the story with that? Are they uh, Look at that. Again, this Thursday night, they're off, too. What is that all about? We heard transmitter maintenance or something like that. No, seriously. What is no, that no, all seri about? No, no, seriously. What do you mean transmitter maintenance? Every Thursday night, this is like the third or fourth week in a row they've been doing that. Well, that's Transmitter what maintenance? What's Bob Vermouth doing? Peeing on the tower or something? I'll guarantee you that night in Amsterdam, man, he would have climbed up there and peed all over the tower. He was just sloshed. <laughs> Out of his mind, which is why I kept talking about screwing and Roy, and, Roy. and screwing. It was great. I wish I would have had a little tape recorder. Wait till you hear this. This may make you crap your pants if that other story didn't do it about the secret handshake or something like that. U.S. media giant eyes Capital Radio. This is from the BBC. The world's biggest radio company, Clear Channel, is reported to be planning a bid for two of the U.K.'s biggest commercial radio stations. Oi! They're like a giant octopus spreading all over the world, extending their testicles into everybody's uh, backyard. The American-owned firm is said to be interested in buying London's Capital Radio along with the national station Classic FM. Queer Channel owns 2,000 radio stations in the U.S. and is valued at $24 billion. Oh, $24 billion, and they're cutting corners, man. <laughs> they're cutting corners, which is why, what's his name here? Your buddy in the morning is looking for a job on our station, Paul, Paulie Boy. You seen him lately? Not lately. I thought you ran into him at the uh, Sawgrass the other night. <laughs> it already has radio interest in the U.K. with stakes in business, including Switch Digital. But according to the Sunday Telegraph, it's uh, about to announce the sale of these stakes to clear the way out for a big bid. There's a big one coming, baby. Roger Perry, chief executive of Clear Channel, I wonder if he's related akin to Roger Crotch, told the newspaper, clearly we want scale and there's no point buying just one business. You have to have a coherent strategy to allow you to consolidate the industry. Any buyer considering a U.K. play has to include capital high on their list of potential candidates. It's the largest and most visible, he said. The slide rule has been well and truly worn out working what the assets are worth. Last week's shares in Capital Radio fell sharply after it reported that it had annual pre-tax profits had practically cut in half because of a slump in advertising. Clear Channel will be able to bid for the U.K. radio stations when the government relaxes media ownership rules in the U.K., in other words, very soon. How do you like that? Pretty soon, every goddamn radio station in the world will be owned by a cheap channel. Every one of them. And Pete Folger will be the program director of every one of them. And you and everybody in the world can like take their radio out and get a goddamn uh, meat axe and just rip it to shreds and then burn the remains of it. Have a big bonfire. 
Maybe we can get Steve Dahl from Chicago, and we'll bring them all out back to the old Comiskey Park. Is that still there? They probably tore that down. Don't know. Remember they burned all the disco records there? Yes, they did. Well, we can burn all your radios there once Cheap Channel buys up the whole goddamn dial, and there's nothing left to listen to anymore. When everybody's working for like four bucks an hour. Carlos, think he ain't making much right now. Just wait till Cheap Channel buys this radio station, baby. You're going to be paying them just to come in the doorway down there. That's right. There'll be a thing just like in a paid toilet. You have to deposit a quarter in there just to get the door to open every morning. Here's North Lauderdale. Hello. Good afternoon, Neil. How are you today? Good evening. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Um, I drive a cab here in Fort Lauderdale in Broward County, and it just goes to show just the mentality of the people down here because I talk to people about things. I listen to a lot of different stations, and I hear a lot of different things. And it seems that Americans truly are dumber than dirt because pretty much nobody knows anything that goes on. You were just talking about Clear Channel buying up all of these stations. Mm -hmm. And it seems like any time people get in my cab and they hear that I listen to NPR or when I'm listening to you, and people never know what's going on. They don't know what's going on in the world. They seem to live in a cave. And there's one question I needed to ask you, and I don't know, I, somebody mentioned it in one of the trade papers. Is there anything going on of an NPR being sold to somebody? Did we hear that story, George? Yeah, something sound? about the uh, religious one of the TBN or one of those uh, buying. Oh, that—that's what that was about. Yeah, that's what that Christian was about. That was about stations. these born-again Christian fanatics that are buying up all these uh, NPR small market stations, right? Oh, so that how could you buy something that's not for profit? No, no, they're buying they're buying up the stations that carry their programming. Not all of them, but just in a lot of markets, a lot of cheap stations that carry NPR's uh, programming. They're just buying oh, so them that's out. that's Ralph Reed and the Christian Coalition. Right, Pat Robertson, all those going right. Alright. It, it just, I don't understand it, Neil, because like I said, I speak to a lot of people in the car, and it seems that most people, nobody could stand, uh, GW or what's going on in this country, and I really don't understand where the hell they take these polls. Well, the, but, but, the, but the public is pulling a Nero, man. Rome is burning and they're fiddling. They're sitting back, uh, you know, involved in a bunch of idiotic crap that they think is very important to them, and they have no concept, unless they're people who are traveling, you know, traveling people who, who get around the world and go places. But other than that, the rest of the people don't even know where these countries are on the map that we're talking about in the news every day. You know, it's so funny because I bring up things, and I speak to people, and I ask some Republicans, why are you a Republican? Why did you vote what you did? Yeah. And I bring up Prescott Bush and the Union Bank and everything, yeah. and nobody even hears anything, and they keep on going, oh, well, Joe Kennedy did this, Joe Kennedy did that, Bill yeah. Clinton did this, and nobody wants to take, you know, uh, take a look at what these people are doing, and this family is evil, and it's just like you said, I didn't even have to watch what was said last night, and I didn't even have to hear anything this man says, I just look at his eyes. <laughs> and I just look at what he looks like, and I finally figured out exactly who he looks like. He's yeah. a little monkey, Curious George, who my mother used to read me a story when I was a little kid. But the monkey was smarter because he knew what he was chasing after that hat. There you go. Okay, good luck to you, pal. Hang in there. Did you say it was a trained monkey? Something like that. A lot of them trained monkeys going around these days. Uh-huh. 5670560, pound 560 on the 18th. I'll tell you, W is winning our pool. And there's Tom Ridge who says, feel safe. At every gate at every airport around this country. Yeah, it's Clarabella Clown with a big red nose on it. He borrowed from Dr. Patch Adams. 384 votes on a poll of the 2004 presidential election pits President Bush against Al Gore. I'd vote for Bush, 142, almost 37%. I'd vote for Gore, 122, 31.7%. I'd blow my brains out 60. I wouldn't vote 32. I'd leave the country 28. 
See, now this is deceptive because 63.1% wouldn't vote for Bush. Follow what I'm saying? Right. But this is this is the dilemma of the people who are anti-Bush and uh, don't support all this kind of right-wing crap that's going on in this country, and that is that uh, we don't know where to turn because Al Gore sure ain't the answer because he already proved he couldn't win a fixed election. Well, right? It's the other way. Come on now. No, he couldn't win a fixed election. It was fixed, and he couldn't win it. And the fact of the matter is he's gotten worse instead of better. You watch him now. You watch him now. He's more wooden than ever. He's a caricature of himself. And uh, with all due respect to that jackass in plantation that sent me that bitchy fax a couple of weeks ago, if you can't handle the truth, too bad. Don't be blaming anybody else. Blame the Democratic Party, just like this last election. They had a golden opportunity right there in their hands, and they blew it. Speaking of people going off the deep end, there's a Cheryl Seal column, which I'm not going to read it on the air. It was written just a day or two after Paul Wellstone died in that plane crash. Yeah. In which he accuses the Republican Party of killing Paul Wellstone and also of killing um, the former senator from Missouri. What that was his name? I forgot. Mel Carnahan. Oh. See, give me about a half a second. I can remember my name, too. And the similarities of the two, how close they were right before the elections in their respective states in Missouri and uh, Minnesota. And uh, she's got some interesting points in there and about the right-wing uh, lunatics out there. And uh, it's true. I'm not going to say that anybody you know, killed Paul Wellstone. How the hell would we know that? But the fact of the matter is that the right-wing extremists now control the country and the rest of the public sits back. Hey, what time is the ball game on? American people are they know nothing. And the rest of the world laughs at Americans, okay? I mean, they might want some of the designer clothing that uh, Americans are wearing, and they may be excited about coming to visit Disney World for a day or two, and then they want to get the hell out and hope they get out alive. They sure as hell don't admire the gun-toting, blowing-your-brains-out mentality and the lack of value on human life. And I'm going to change something here on this radio show? That, that's why it's so pointless for me sitting here and getting all worked up about these things. And you press the goddamn buttons on the phone and you hear, like that. And well, what does that tell you? That's our audience, man. That's QAM for you. That's the South Florida, whatever the hell it is. But, boy, talk about that game yesterday, man. But they can tell you the right linebacker, how many times he's picked his nose and how many times uh, he farted during the game and what flavor it was, whether it was strawberry or chocolate or vanilla. We got the experts on that crap. And you want to know why? Why? Because at QAM, crap is our middle name. Don't you think that would be a great slogan? Can you just see the advertising campaign for that? We're WQAM and crap is our middle name. We specialize in it. It's called crap with a Q, I guess. As a matter of fact, we got crap up the Rectum. ass. This is what we got. We got so much of it. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good idea. Q R A P, crap. <laughs> I like it. Maybe when Greg does those billboards for us. <laughs> hey, let me tell you right now. You've heard us talk about fast train on and on and over and over. A lot of you folks out there are stuck in dead end jobs. I have no idea why. When you can get yourself some great training and a fantastic high paying new job while we're all still alive. The facts are simple. If you have the dedication, Fast Train can provide you with the necessary training to become a certified computer professional. According to Time Magazine, the demand for computer professionals is going to continue to explode. Their average student completes the training in just four short months, attending school three nights a week. Once you complete your certification, Fast Train can help you in getting a brand new computer job. Fast Train invites you to come in and visit their trained career counselor and determine which track is ideal for you. Call Fast Train toll-free at 1, maybe it's Finger Lakes, 1-866 or Yonkers. Fast Train to set up an appointment. That's 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. And with four convenient locations, there's bound to be one close by where you live because there's a Fast Train in Fort Lauderdale, one in Pembroke Pines, one in Miami, and the newest one in Kendall. 
And don't forget to ask the career counselor for a list of students just like yourself who are currently in their dream jobs with the great training they got at Fast Train. Call them today, 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. That's 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. Or check them on the worldwide wicked web at FastTrain.com. You can be working on a great new high-paying job before spring thanks to our friends at Fast Train. at 560. You want to know why I played that? Why did you play that? Because in the Globe, this week's Globe, since I got all these tabloids here several weeks, several months ahead of you, Sex Secrets of the Bachelor. This is one of the most hysterically amusing, abusing stories I've ever come across, so to speak. I tell you, from the chin down, he don't look too bad. But then when you see this picture of him with, uh, who is it? Whoever the hell she is. He don't look all that good, you know? A lot of heavy makeup. At any rate, now, how do you pronounce his last name, Aaron? B-U-R-B-U-E-R-G-E. I bet you Carlos would know. He watches that show. No. You don't watch that show, The Bachelor? I haven't seen it once. Berge? Berge? I'm just going to call him Aaron. Okay. Topless turns in sudsy hot tubs, locked embraces in front of roaring fires, and wine-soaked kisses. These are the sexy secrets that titillate 15 million viewers and make them tune into The Bachelor each week, including all three of us. Not... On TV's favorite guilty pleasure, lucky millionaire banker Aaron, whatever his last name is, Berger, I don't want to say Berger, gets his thrills for giving the show's gals plenty of hands-on attention as he weeds out the pack of 25 marriage proposal hopefuls. But the 28-year-old hunk has touched off widespread speculation with fans that he was literally giving it his all in his quest for Ms. Wright and had sex with bachelorettes Helene, Gwen, and Brooke during a recent show. The episode featured moments of unbridled passion after he escorted them to individual overnight stays in fantasy suites. It looked like Gwen and Aaron had sex in their fantasy suite, one viewer wrote on ABC show's Internet message board. Maybe that's why he dumped her. First you hump her, and then you dump her. Isn't that what he said? Yeah. Another Bachelor watcher wrote, he spent the night with all three women. How intimate did uh, that night get? I noticed in the last scene with Sweet Brooke, there was a lot of a shot of her topless in the bathtub. On that date... Where Gay and Brooke Smith, a 22-year-old college student from, she's pretty hot, by the way, Brooke Smith. Oh, and you know who really looks like crap, and I don't care what you say, and i got to stir about her later on, maybe? Today or tomorrow? I give up. Kelly Ripa. All right. 
Oh, she's she's nasty looking, man. You must you must be uh, I don't know desperate. Long pause. On that date, Bergay and Brooke Smith, a 22-year-old college student from Albertville, Alabama, met up for a romantic night in Hawaii. Brooke was wowed by the sweet and its roaring fireplace, breeze-blown balcony, and the sensuous sound of waves crashing on the beach. The scene ended with the couple sharing a steamy foam bath in a hot tub with plenty of kissing and cuddling. At one point, the curvy blonde rolled on top of bare-chested Bourget, and viewers were left with the obvious impression that she'd removed her top as her bare back was exposed to the camera. After the camera stopped rolling on Brooke and Aaron in the hot tub, the crew had a tough time getting them out of that tub, said one insider, getting them apart like with a crowbar. A hose. They were obviously aroused and very much into the moment. They wanted to stay in there. Believe me, they weren't just playing to the cameras. It was a very passionate moment for them. But in an exclusive interview, Brooke maintained she kept her top on and nothing happened in the hot tub. She says Berger was a perfect gentleman. Soft as a marshmallow, she said. On another sleepover, Berger and 27-year-old Helene... Oh, wait till you hear this name. Ex Sturkowitz. Okay. Enjoyed a sexy escape, and I'm getting that one right, by the way, a sexy escape in Aspen, Colorado. The two savored white wine as they nuzzled in a bubbly hot tub, and later they spooned intimately on a couch before a roaring fire. They spooned. Jesus, God Almighty, that's older than uh, Moe's hairpiece, that word, spooned. Yeah. While he's coming clean on his own personal sex secrets. Squirt, squirt. And then, uh, now, wait till you hear this. In a series of shocking revelations... <gasps> Bourget admits he pleasures himself while fantasizing about the sexy bachelorettes. Oh, my God. I'd be lying to deny it, he says. The bachelor boy also confesses that he is into kinky bondage and has cheated on his girlfriends. Friends say they were aware of Bourget's lusty, self-satisfying habit long before his surprising admission. Before his surprising emission. Aaron's ex-fiancee, Valerie Zelmer, told me she caught him in the act late one night when they were living together in Tulsa, Oklahoma, one pal tells the Globe. Valerie said she had gone to bed early, but when Aaron hadn't joined her by midnight, she got up and found him sitting in the living room pleasuring himself while watching a porno movie on cable. She was absolutely shocked. But Aaron just told her, don't be so uptight. Every guy does it. She was shocked. Is this, is, this is one of those you don't know whether to laugh or cry? Yeah. Berger, a senior vice president of his family's bank in Springfield, Missouri, his family's bank, an heir to a $185 million fortune, admits he's also into kinky sex and has practiced bondage. I've done it before, he says, of bondage, but you have to be dating somebody for quite a while before you go there. Unless maybe like you're Gary Conduit. Don't go there. And while he says he's had two long-term relationships, he has no qualms about admitting he's cheated on his girlfriends in the past. Back in college, yes, he says, anybody who says they've never cheated is somebody you can't trust, George. Huh? That might be something the two reigning bachelorettes will want to keep in mind when they vie for the final rose. Oh, he's going to cut them a rose. <laughs> Meanwhile, way, on November... No, what? No, I was going to say, by the way, uh, a hit-and-run caller called and said that, that he pronounces it Bergie. Bergie. I don't know how much to believe about that, but... I wonder if he's dating Fergie. Bergie and Fergie. That might be something the two remaining bachelorettes will want to keep in mind while they vie for the final rose. Meanwhile, November 11th, one online gaming site suspended wagering in the outcome after being hit with the tidal wave of bets from Bergie's hometown. And strangely enough, all the bets were placed on Helene. As fans wait to see who Bergie chooses, they're weighing in on their favorites. On the show's Internet message board, many have criticized Helene, saying, among other things, she has a Rudolph nose and a whiny, grady voice. Now, let's see. Is this Helene? Oh, look at that. She is skanky-looking, man. She's nasty. And quite frankly, him and his picture, they make a good couple. He looks like Joe Zagaki here. From the chin down, like he said, he's uh, pretty good. Got a great body, but boy, he sure plays a mean chin ball from the chin up. 
It says some are betting that the school psychologist from Gloucester City, New Jersey, is going to end up the last woman standing. It's going to be Helene, wrote one viewer. I'm positive about that. Isn't that great? No, oh, I'm touched. Page, uh, page 25, if you want to see. In fact, when you go into the supermarket, just pick up the Globe and page through. First look at O.J. with his breasts. And then take a look at Helene and uh, Bergie Fergie uh, Aaron. Nah. In the in the picture in the circle. Now, in the picture where he's sitting down in a chair, uh, you know, they, I mean, you can make anybody look good. Picture in a bathtub, he looks damn good, okay? Both pictures in a bathtub. But then you don't see his head in the one. And she looks, she is scabby. Oh, jeez. No wonder you like, uh, what's her name? Kelly Ripper. Kelly Ripper. Oh, I'm going to rip her when I get a chance. I'll tell you that right now. She is nasty looking. All right. Well, there's a whole series. In other words, like here, you can find one picture of almost anybody that looks good except us. You know what I'm saying? No, I understand that phenomenon, nevertheless. But in her case, I can't find one. Just Here's Miami. Hello. Okay. Let me take a call, please. All there's right. probably nobody on here. Hello. Yeah. Uh, hey, Neil. I uh, I thought it was uh, kind of funny while you were reading about O.J. One of my cats was licking his up, his up, the other cat's ass, so I thought that was kind of uh, interesting. But uh, I, I wanted to comment on uh, how the, they talk about not letting the Haitians in because of national security. But how many Haitians have been commie uh, Cuban uh, spies that have been put in jail? Good point. Um, all they ever do is talk about the Cubans' wet foot, dry foot, but uh, they they constantly, you know, they they're. Did you did you say wet back or wet foot? <laughs> Whichever one you you choose. Yeah. And, uh, well, the Haitians don't have any political clout, man, in addition to which the most important thing in that last episode down there a couple of weeks ago was the fact that here we are, we're on heightened uh, security alert, we're like peeing in our pants, we're waiting for these spectacular attacks, and the Coast Guard can't uh, catch anybody with both hands. How do you like that? They were afraid the boat might capsize and somebody might drown it. Oh, man. And the public, let me tell you. Republican Party's got it right, man. They, they're playing right to the stupidity of the American public, and they, they got them by the short hairs. They, they know exactly where it's at. We're good. You're either with us or against us. Everybody else is the evildoers, and you're with us or against us, and let's go kick some ash and uh, show them who's boss. And then that's it. The American public loves it. They're waving their flags. They're, you know, doing their thing. They're eating their buffets. 420 votes on a poll if the 2004 presidential election pits President Bush against Al Gore. I'd vote for Bush 156, Gore 138. I'd blow my brains out 61. I wouldn't vote 35, and I'd leave the country 30 out of 420 votes. You know, traveling today, speaking of leaving the country, can really be stressful, especially when you go to the airport. Oh, brother. You have to start looking for a place to park. you got 4,000 police want to check your insides and outsides, and when you find a parking spot, it's usually a long schlep to where you have to go. National limos can change all of that for you. Boy, these folks are great. They're doing a super job for me. They'll arrive at your location on time in a new sedan, limo, van, whatever you need to take you where you have to go. It's hassle-free. National limos not only takes care of your transportation here, but anywhere in the world. So when you arrive at your destination, National limos will be there waiting for you. Call National limos at their toll-free number, 1-877-376-3200. If you don't like to fly on commercial airlines, and we can sure understand why, National Limos Aviation Department can arrange the safest private aircraft for your travel worldwide. And for you sports fans out there, there's no better way to get to and from the game than getting one of National Limos Super Stretch Limos or luxury coaches while everybody else is in their cars fighting traffic. If you're looking for a way to get to the airport, the game or just a night around town, call National Limos. And especially with the holidays coming, a lot of people are going to be doing party time. Let them do the driving the safe way for you. 
Call National Limos toll-free at 1-877-376-3200. Be sure and tell them that Neil told you to call to get you 10% off on your first airport service or a free hour of chartered limousine service. 1-877-376-3200 for National Limo. Live and local. We are Sports Radio 560 QAM. Oh, my God. Guess what those crazy foreign chemical plants have been hiding? It's no secret any longer. Introducing new Spam Thrax, the luncheon meat with a killer taste. What do you think of new Spam Thrax? Mmm, killer. Try it on pizza. Mmm, killer. On nachos. Mmm, killer. Or make a sandwich. Mmm, killer. Hey, what happened to all the Spam Thrax? Uh-oh, guess I wasn't fast enough. There it goes. New Spam Thrax, the luncheon meat with a taste that's... With a taste that's... Come on, wake up, people, with a taste... They're what? Oh. Uh, Tagman? Not recommended for human or animal consumption. 11.32 at 5.60 WQM. Happy Monday to you. I tell you, it's uh, clouded up a little bit now, and I'm a little depressed. It'll change. You think, you think I'm really depressed? Just no. a joke. It's just a joke. In fact, it's a, it's a balmy 32 uh, degrees already. Let's see. It's mm-hmm. mostly cloudy on my City Pulse 24. Mostly cloudy and what? Oh, look at that three, which is like 37. Oh! What's wrong with that? And tomorrow, next three days in a row, we got a few showers, a little bit of sunshine, and six every day, which is like 40, uh, what is that? 43 Fahrenheit? A heat wave, which will melt all of this nice snow. You ought to see how nice this looks like on a picture postcard. Right. Yeah, I mean, most Until of you don't want to be dirty. in the middle of it. Huh? Until it gets dirty. But it isn't going to get dirty because it's all going to wash away. See, you're trying to make a negative out of something positive, mister. Typical. That's typical George for you. No wonder he's uh, turning gay Thursday. Any more of those calls today yet, by the way? No, not yet. Not yet. Well, make make sure to call in and let us know to look at that calendar already, okay? Because it's going to be, it better be damn good. And don't forget, the ratings coming out at 2.30 tomorrow, the trends, which we'll have on Wednesday. We're going to examine them. We're going to, like, go over them with a microscope, with a fine-tooth comb. Those trends. I guarantee we can waste at least three hours on Wednesday with that. And then, of course, we got that big noon to one hour. Sounds like a plan to me, don't it? Sounds great. Here's Plantation. Hello. Hi, Neil. Yes, ma'am. Uh, good morning, Neil. Good morning, George. Um, I don't care what the temperature is. I am so jealous that you're up there and we're down here. <laughs> really? And if you saw the movie Bowling for Columbine, I, think I haven't seen. I haven't seen it yet. Half the country would morning. be moving to Canada overnight. Right. That's right. It is. It's. Um, you know I, what the one the one word I used to describe it? Civilized. <gasps> well, even they have a scene. Well, there's so many great scenes, but they had a scene where they were. Um, interviewing some teenagers that look just like our teenagers. You know, the girl has the blue hair. they got the nose rings and everything. And Michael Moore says to them, um, you know, don't you ever get mad at your friends? Doesn't anybody ever piss you off? You know, and they go, yeah. He goes, but we don't, we don't just go out and shoot them like you do. Mm-hmm. It's really funny. But uh, that movie will scare the hell out of anybody, even if you don't totally agree with Michael Moore and all of it. You know, yeah. he's, he's like really anti-war under any circumstances. Well, good for him. But um, he's got a great interview with Charlton Heston where Charlton Heston just gets up and walks, and he's, like, following out. He goes, just look at the picture, look at the picture. It's about, you, you know, a kid that was bitch. killed by guns. Oh, mm-hmm. no, he's so arrogant. And Dick Clark, you'll hate Dick Clark after seeing this movie. I'll hate Dick? Yeah, he was, um, you'll see. 
If you, I want to say something. I, I didn't even know Dick Clark was in the movie. What? What? what well, is, uh, Dick Clark happened to own these businesses that paid very, very low wages to these welfare-to-work people. Yeah. And his companies were getting kickbacks from the government. Oh, that, that, oh that was the story in uh, Michigan, right? I think it was where the little six-year-old killed a little right. five-year-old, and right. the mother was getting on a bus every day and right. working two jobs, seventy hours. Yeah, they, a week. they had they were talking about that when he was on with Donahue. Oh, I missed that show, you know, because they preempted it because of the sniper thing. Yeah, that was about a month ago. And uh, I missed seeing him on that. Yeah, it was great. But um, last night in sixty minutes, I want to say something else about the people that are stupid out there, not paying attention to the government. Mm -hmm. The show they had on—I know you watched sixty minutes. Did you see the whole thing? No, I just saw the part about Bush. Oh, well, yeah, I don't have to explain to anybody. I love that. Um, they had about the insurance companies and how these insurance adjusters are supposed to, like, deny certain percentage of claims so the company mm -hmm. can be more profitable. So they have to go back and certain, you know, claims that are, they don't go by the merit of the claim. And whether it's justified, they just keep rejecting it to make mm -hmm. more money. And the fact that Bush wants to push all these conservative judges into court that are so pro-business, pro-insurance mm -hmm. company, will affect middle-class people. Now I mean, you're catching on. No, it, but it's true. All these little, tiny, subtle things that they're doing affects our lives. Because if we have an insurance claim, plus the fact that Bush doesn't want us to sue for more than 500000 if anything should happen to us, you know, our health. Well, these are all the things that the Democrats should have been screaming about before this last election, but because they were all such a bunch of cowards, uh, you know, they're sitting there uh, sucking wind. I'm really, really embarrassed that there's yeah. no clear voice and nobody stands up and says, yes, we should do this. Yes, we should. We need another party. Them. We need a party with balls in this country. We don't have one. Yeah, but then there'd have to be four parties. Yeah. Because you well, there's plenty of countries that have that many and more. Because you have to have somebody that's ultra-conservative, somebody that's ultra-liberal, somebody that's, you know, to push them more to the center. Well, good luck to you, sweetheart. I'm having a great time right here, and I don't pay any attention I'm to your so politics. I'm so jealous. I'll be, I'll be over later. I'll write your name on the wall, eh? Okay. Bye. See ya. Bye-bye. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon Wireless Line. Civilized, not brutal, not murderous, not everybody's got guns. And like I said, there's been an epidemic of shootings here with uh, certain ethnic groups, which you don't want to say the color of their skin here lately, but they've had in the black community here. In fact, they had prayer services in the black churches here over the weekend to try to bring some of these people to their senses. Then it turns out there was a guy named Heavy D, and it was uh, it was an ordered hit from like somewhere down in the U.S., and the guns are getting shipped in here. And guess what? I mean, this, this is not controversial. This is just a matter of fact. The more guns there are around, the more people are going to get shot. How do you like that? What a concept. Isn't that revolutionary? You think that's a highly debatable point? No. No. No, and I don't hear anybody up here screaming and yelling about uh, the fact that everybody doesn't have an arsenal of weapons. Nobody's uh, hollering about that. Part of the psychosis of the American mentality, this obsession, this love affair with guns. Let me say it again. The more guns around, more people get shot and killed. The more kids that pick them up and uh, wind up, uh-oh, Tommy's dead. Stuff like that. Is there any controversy about that? Nope. But don't you be saying that. Because those gun people come right down on your ass, mister. Don't mess with, don't you F with their First Amendment, the Second or whatever the hell amendment it is. Second. Even though the, I know what it is. I know what it is. Don't be correcting me, mister, or you'll be on a Mo Show Thursday. <laughs> 446 votes on a poll if the 2004 presidential election pits President Bush against Al Gore. I'd vote for Bush, 167 of you say that. To which I say, <laughs> 148 say I vote for Gore, to which I say, <laughs> I blow my brains out, 63. 
to which I say, we'll bring your flowers. I wouldn't vote 36. I'd leave the country 32. I think I'm, I think I voted for that because you know, <laughs> I'm always out of the country. Good idea, man. Excellent idea. 21 till noon. Well, I tell you one thing. This show is flying by here today. Why is that? I don't know. Isn't it? All the great calls. No, we had a few calls that were okay. It's just it's just the nature of the beast, man. It's the market. There just aren't a lot of good calls out there, and that's why uh, that kind of radio. That's why I had to change the show years ago because that kind of radio <laughs> died. That topical. Oh, let's talk about capital punishment. Let's argue about abortion. You know that crap. I went out with knickers, and as a result, we have uh, sports talk now. Sports holes, mindless assholes arguing about ball games and who's rated number one. Now about the Hurricanes and and the Pitt Panthers and about this and about that. But 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 you know, it's one thing to enjoy sports. It's another thing to be obsessed by, to be overcome by it. But you know something? Now that I think about it, aren't we blessed to be up here in Toronto? I mean, some of us. Even though the Maple Leafs stink and the Raptors stink, and the Argos got their asses kicked by Montreal in the uh, playoffs here in the CFL yesterday, and we're still blessed. I go out on the street and I say to everybody, aren't we blessed? They look at me like, oh, he must be an American. The Lights of West Boca, your low-carb, sugar-free Atkins Diet Superstore, is a terrific new selection of low-carb cookies. That's right, 14 different cookies from three different bakers, and all of them are delicious and low in carbohydrates. So if you're trying to lose weight on Atkins or any other low-carb diet, you're going to want to try all of these. Peanut butter, chocolate, chocolate chip, lemon, coconut, all sugar-free or low-carb. And, of course, everything in the store is either sugar-free or low-carb, which is why Delights is so popular with people who are desperate to lose weight, especially on the Atkins diet. And don't forget, at Delights, you can sample any of their products. You can try them before you buy them. Check out the new low-carb bread. It's called Sinfully Low-Carb Bread. Spread some of that new Lanuba jam on it, and you've got a great low-carb breakfast. And don't forget, as your official Atkins diet retail center, Delights of West Boca sells every Atkins brand product at 25% off today, tomorrow, next, circus, every day of your life. So if you really want to lose that weight, get healthier, these are the people that can help you get on the right road to good health. Open 10 till 10 every day on the corner of Glades and 441 in prestigious Snooty Boca. Call toll-free 1-877-LOW-CARB. How's Petey Lenny doing, by the way? Just fine. Did you see him lately? This morning. Oh, jeez. Call 1-877-LOW-CARB, 1-877-LOW-CARB, or check him out on the web at lowcarb.com. And when you go in there, be sure and tell them that Petey Lenny sent you by to Delights of West Boca. My and this is G. Gordon Liddy, and they don't come any worse than Neil Rogers. Hello, and welcome aboard. To ensure your safety, please listen to the following instructions. Please do not worry about your seatbelt, tray tables, or seatbacks being in their full, upright, and locked positions. Instead, we'd appreciate it if you would take a moment to look around the cabin at the other passengers. If anyone looks shifty, extremely nervous, or is praying silently, please bring them to the attention of a flight attendant. Now, take a moment to locate the nearest exit. Did the shifty-looking, praying person look at the exit? If not, please bring them to the attention of the flight attendant. In the event of unexpected turbulence... <laughs> well, who really cares about that anymore? <laughs> Thank you, and enjoy your flight. And thank you so much. And I'll pass on the cashews. 11.45. Remember that story we were talking about just before the show today? And I said we won't have time for that? Yeah. About the double murders? Right. Well, you'll be uh, at the horrendous story. But this is not with a gun. This is with a baseball bat. So I guess when people are angry enough and when they're uncivilized enough, they'll find somebody to kill each other. Brit. Miami. This is on the Sun Sentinel website. A 17-year-old boy was charged this morning with using a baseball bat to beat to death his cousin and girlfriend, the police said. 
Jonathan Nodal of Northwest 14th Court in Miami was charged with two counts of first-degree murder and is being held without bond in a juvenile assessment center. Killed in the Sunday evening attack in a house in the 15900 block of Southwest 102nd Court were Justin Mareja, 19, of Southwest 102nd Court home, and his girlfriend, 16-year-old Karen Urbina, a Killian High student who lived in Southwest 128th Court. Investigators said Nodell was helping Mareja a cousin and recent Coral Reef High graduate and Urbina paint inside a house around 6 p.m. When he picked up a bat for some reason and killed Mareja, when Urbina tried to stop him, he also beat her to death, police said. No reason was given for the murders. Now, see, to me, this is unacceptable. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's unacceptable. And yet this goes on every single day. This is the way, uh, and I'm not saying it's only in the U.S., but there sure is a hell of a lot of it. Maybe the whole country needs a big anger management class. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. We could put it on TV and make it uh, required watching every night. Right. Like, you know, they talk about that seven to eight hours family viewing time or whatever the hell they call that. Maybe between seven and eight after supper, they can strap everybody in and, like, uh, have anger management. You know, lock up the weapons, put away the baseball bat, and uh, calm everybody's ass down a little bit. Maybe make them take it in school or something. Pathetic. Here's Miami. Hello. Uncle Neil. Yes, sir. How are you, sir? Great. Sensation. I want to tell you something. Is George on? Is George on? Yes. On what? He's on drugs. No, no, George, I'm going to tell you something. You are the man, and I'm going to tell you why. Mm. I'm a spick like you are, but... You have to take it easy. Incredibly. When they fuck with us, you got to be cool. All okay, right? great. That was excellent. What, what's he talking about? I have no idea. He said when they F with us, you got to be cool. You're the man. Okay. You're the spick. Yeah. So there's our first spick contribution today, which I had to dump because he used the F word, okay? Five, six, seven. He sounded like one of the chronics. It sounded like a very familiar voice to me. Yes, a little incoherent, too. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on it. Where the hell is this show going to today, man? We got like it's almost noon already. I'm not complaining. You understand, right? Maybe it's because I feel like alive. You know, I, I was saying that to somebody over the weekend on the phone. I was talking to some poor slob that's been down there. I guess it was my mother. And uh, about the fact that you feel when you're in this kind of weather, you feel more alive. Oh, sure, you got to put on a little extra layer of clothing and wear a heavy coat when you go out. But but you feel like uh, you're alive. It's invigorating. Right. When you're in that heat, you feel like uh, you want to roll into a corner, like you just ate a gigantic buffet, and you want to roll over to the corner and hibernate like a bear for about a week. You know? You have no energy. But it's invigorating. And you go out and it's a mess. I grant you, there are going to be some days when you're going to say, Jesus Christ, we're freezing our ass off here. That's coming. But, uh, you know, it's just the way it is. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty. And don't you be effing with that guy that just called either, whatever he just said. But don't be effing with that spick. Okay. Now, see, I would I would have loved to find out what the hell he was talking about, but I wasn't know, the you, you nailed it. He was incoherent. I, I wasn't giving we him the ever chance to say it a second time. Right. Here's Miramar. Hello. Neil, what's going on? How you doing, sir? Did you watch 60 Minutes last night? Yes. I don't know if you noticed, but Andy Rooney on his desk, he had a Larry Coco bobblehead doll. Did he really? I didn't. Uh, I don't watch Andy Rooney. The eyebrows get in the way of my enjoyment. That's true. Have a good one, Neil. Okay. Larry Coco, and you know something? You might just have had it, too, for all we know. No, I didn't watch the whole. I do have it on tape, though. There's the good news for us, sir. I taped it. Now, what the hell was I watching? Oh, that's right. It started late again because of football, and I was getting ready to watch the... I was watching a little bit of hockey or something, and I was getting ready to watch the Patriots lose to Oakland last night. 
So I watched part of the tape, but I got it in tape, and I'm going to go in there and watch Andy Rooney right now, as a matter of fact. How do you like that? And also the segment about the insurance uh, ripoffs. Why George finishes the show, because what did that guy say? Spicks of a feather got to stick together? Something like that. Oh, I know what he was talking about. He was talking about it just dawned on me. The calls about the Haitians and about the oh. wet foot dry. That, that was his response to it, which wasn't very coherent. You're right. But I guess that was the best he could do. Here's Boca. Hello. Hi, Neil. How are you today? Okay, great. Hey, I heard that word. That's unbelievable. That's yeah, well, that's because you were on hold. See, that's the benefit of being on hold. Well, it wasn't so beneficial, actually. So, yeah. But I wanted to ask you, you probably never read Sports Illustrated, right? Oh, are you going to tell me the story about Toronto and how everybody hates the uh, Toronto yeah. Maple Leafs? Yeah. yeah, so you did read it, huh? No, I don't, I don't read it, but uh, they've been talking about that up here because, uh, you know, I guess the team is so bad, we might as well talk about that story. Well, uh, what, first, well, you, know, you, know what that, you know what that reminds me of? It right. reminds me of back during the Olympics when Wayne Gretzky was crying and whining about, oh, everybody Boy. hates Canada, they're all against us. Uh. And I kept saying, nobody in the world gives a crap about Canada. Canada is about as benign as you can get, you know. Nobody gives it one way or the other. And the same is true with the Maple Leafs. In fact, when the Leafs played in Buffalo on Friday night and actually won a game, which is rare, uh, there were more Toronto fans in the stands than there were Buffalo fans, and that's that's the truth. Well, there are no Buffalo fans anymore. Right. So that's that's right. That place is empty. But... I think the gist of the article was the preferential treatment that they get from, like, the referees. I, I don't buy that at all. I don't buy that at all. Canada. Yeah. Uh, Don Cherry. You know, it's all Maple Leafs all the time in Canada, yeah. I guess. Well, that's because the Leafs are the most popular team in Canada. What can I tell by you? By far. By far. E- even and though they, they stink they like, been... even though they stink and they got all these stiffs on there, like Tom Fitzgerald and Jonas Hoagland and Robert Reichel and yeah. the jerky, jerky Lume, they got a, a team full of stiffs. Trevor Kidd. I mean, who are they kidding, you know? I know. They, they are bad, but they were saying that the league is jealous of their relative success in the last 10 years, even though they haven't come close to winning the Cup. Yeah. They haven't won it in, like, uh, almost 40 years. 35 years. Right. So who knows about them? And I, I actually, if I hadn't read that article, I would never have known that anyone hated the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, that, that's Sports Illustrated. <laughs> exactly. Who gives a crap? <laughs> right. Why would they write an article about that? Write something, you know, about a team doing well or noteworthy? Yeah. But not, not a, a stupid article like that. Well, I'm going to put on my Maple Leaf jacket. That was a form of protest. How do you like that? Go take a few slap shots, Neil, and score. Hey, listen, I could, they could sign me up. Good luck to you, pal. Go, Leafs, go. What do you say? No. They stink. They stink. And Pat Quinn says, well, on paper, we're pretty good. No, you're not, Pat. You stink on paper, on the ice, on, on a plane. You stink. On a bus. They beat Buffalo, a girls team, on Friday. Whoop-de-doo, man. Let's get real excited about that. Not stiffs. Too many stiffs. And the Panthers, they get a point here and a point there. Then they get bombed by San Jose. And there's nobody there. And, of course, this time the excuse was the weather. I guess the weather Saturday night was really bad there. It was inclement. Hello? Yeah. <laughs> See, George is nodding off again. I talked for this guy. One minute hockey. And this guy, you're just as bad as Mo. You I didn't know, know you were done talking about hockey. I am done talking about hockey. That was a whole week's quota right there. Uh, it was really sounded about... a horn or something. Yeah, well, I should have liked that. <laughs> Okay, we're off Look, the hockey. I was talking about the weather down there and the reason that nobody was at the game, even though it's at 16,000-some-plus at the Office Depot Mac Arena Yenta Center. No, that's not talking about the weather. That's still talking about the game. Well, big deal. And there's another con. Oh, we're going to spend all that money that we saved, that $10 million from Bob Albury. The same thing happened here. They goosed up the prices on the seats here. you got to mortgage your house to be able to buy tickets to a Maple Leaf game here. The prices are ridiculous. And they keep raising the prices. Oh, well, we need that money for a free agency. Did they sign anybody of any significance? No. No, they stink. 
because they just keep sticking it and sticking it and stick. Oh, look at that. There's that Celine Dion. Oh, my God. Kind of lets people Disgusting. She makes me nauseous. She's Canadian. We're not too proud of it, eh? Militant French Canadian. Five, six, seven, oh, five, sixty, pound, five, sixty. We're starting to get some good hockey talk now. Oh! It's funny that he called. That, uh, it was a pretty good call, even though you didn't like it. Because I was thinking last night, I don't know what, what made me think about it. How the hell did I ever survive those hockey shows? Seriously. Maybe they, it was they the were night... great. Remember? No, get out All of here. I'm, I'm serious. How did I ever survive those shows? <sighs> you can't talk about hockey in South Florida. It's like talking about it's like talking about matzo balls in Afghanistan. I mean, what are we talking about here? You know? And I'm still on the air. It's one of, one of the great miracles of all time. I'm not sure which is the bigger accomplishment: surviving Mitch Hirsch or surviving those hockey shows. Oh, sorry, Rimmer. Oh, by the way, happy anniversary to the Rimmers. Saturday was their 27th wedding anniversary, and Farrell. Boy, she's got to be the best to put up with that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. Just calm down. Now, Rimmer and I both have the same philosophy. Now, we talked over the weekend, which I'm sure surprises you. No. And we both came to this philosophy, okay? To how, just take the money to the bank, okay? Screw worrying about this one and about that one. And that's my philosophy now. I don't care. If the numbers come out tomorrow, we have a one share. You know what? I don't care. I really mean that. I just right. I don't care well, anymore. No, you're going to get paid no matter what. I get paid regardless. I have nothing left to prove anymore at this stage of my life. And uh, what, what's the point? What's the point of getting all whipped up to a frenzy? This one did this, and I who cares? Just give me the money, all right? I've already made you millions of dollars. Just keep giving me the goddamn money. That's all. That's it. We get a one share. Too bad. Thanks for all the promotion, by the way. You deserve it. I still say Greg Reed deserves whatever whatever things that happen bad with that station. He deserves it. Because they lie and they lie and they lie and they lie. That's especially lying is their middle name. Oh, we're going to put up billboards. We're going to do this. They even put it in writing. Does it mean anything? It doesn't mean no. squat. Even Mo is going to discover that. Maybe he already has. All this promotion they're going to do for you, and they're going to do this, and they're going to do that, and they're going to spend like crazy. Yeah, and they have meetings even with their lawyer, with their Jew lawyer, and they sit down, they look you right in the face, and they lie, and they lie, and they can't stop lying. So like I say, just give me the money, okay? I don't give a crap what you do. Just give me the freaking money. Just like Carlos, that's his attitude. And they listen to me. Yeah, just give me that big check, baby. Just swing that 25 bucks in my direction. Swing it over here. 473 votes on the poll. Pretty heavy duty today. If the 2004 presidential election pits President Bush against Al Gore, I'd vote for Bush 178, 37.6%. I'd vote for Gore 155, 32.7%. I'd blow my brains out, 68, said that. 14%, good way to decrease the surplus population. I wouldn't vote 38, and I'd leave the country 34. Say to be on a plane to somewhere. 1157 at 560 WQM. The holidays are coming, baby. Make no mistake about it. Those guests are going to be invading your home. You don't want to look like a slob, like I do. You want to make sure your house looks really neat and nifty and clean, even if it usually isn't. Dry Concepts would like to help you accomplish that by coming in and making your carpets look just like brand new and your furniture and whatever else as well, your drapery. Check out their website, dryconcepts.com, and get information on all the amazing things they do for you. I've been using them in my home for over 20 years. All my picky relatives use them. George, uh, you ever use them? Yes. The Rimmers use them? How do you like that? And even pay for it, too, which is pretty amazing. So call up Dry Concepts and have them clean your carpets. You'll say, you know something? That old Neil was right. These people are the best in the universe. They give you a written guaranteed job, a price before they start the job, and then they suck out the deep down dirt and the fibers of your carpet, which makes them look just like brand new. They smell lemony fresh. They're dry in a couple of hours, and you'll say, what a miracle on my floor. They also do a stupendous job of cleaning your furniture and drapery, spot dyeing. 
fiber protection, carpet repairs, drapery cleaning, like I said, implantory and rock service, deodorization, and if you should ever have a flood, complete water damage restoration, too. Nobody does it better or at a more reasonable price than dry concepts. Call them toll-free in Dade or Palm Beach, 1-800 or Broward, 1-800-248-5071. 1-800-248-5071. Clean today, entertain tonight. Not just an advertising slogan, but it's really their business at dry concepts. My, my. And local. This is Sports Radio 560. Q-A-Q-A-M. They call me Mr. Moose, and I've been to the dwell to one an hour. This is the former vice president of the United States, Al Gore. Good morning. Como esta buente? Linda inda chingabu. Hello. I've currently ballooned up to 287 and a half pounds. Though I should say that does include the weight of my blue butterfly undergear thong panty. Though somewhat depressed and sickened by my personal appearance, I trudge on. My voice needs to be heard. I'm currently negotiating with professional skateboarder Tony Hawk to be the voice of his skateboard in a soon-to-be-released motion picture. It's between me and Phil Stiller right now. I've also, excuse me, I have also been asked to throw myself into a dumpster filled with rotten eggs, razor blades, and feta cheese by Johnny Knoxville and the jackass people. I'm considering the stunt, though we are still quite a ways apart on financial remuneration. Meantime, let me restate my position on the current state of affairs in our nation. I believe we are this close from falling off the face of the earth, which is not round, contrary to popular belief. If you walk near the ocean in Florida, you can actually see the end of the earth. I have been there. I have done it. So until you have, don't say I'm crazy. The same disparaging remarks were made about some of our nation's greatest thinkers. I can see my time has almost elapsed. So let me say I have a very busy day planned. I'm off to do some early Christmas shopping with Winona Ryder, who has asked that I wear a coat six sizes too large for my person. She is obviously concerned about my core body temperature, sweet, delicate flower that she is. Then, it's off to the Overeaters Anonymous meeting at the Meet and Three here in Nashville. My night will be rounded off beautifully as I hop back home, make a quick change into my feety pajamas, begin to sip a Bartles and James wine spritzer, and settle into my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles chair as I watch reruns of Alice on the PAX TV network. Please stay tuned for further important issue updates on this station from me, former Vice President Al Gore. Thank you. I sure hope he didn't give up that Mike's Hard Lemonade, you know. 1203 at 560, WQM, maybe gave it all away to those coal miners. We got 489 votes, getting pretty tight. Although I think after playing that, he may drop back in the arrears again. 5670560, speaking of guns, little Texas high school activity there on Friday. Did you see this story? No. In Scurry, Texas? Nope. A shotgun-wielding man threatened a rural East Texas high school Friday morning until students and a teacher wrestled him to the ground, authorities said. The 18-year-old man, a former student at Scurry Rosser High School, went to the school office and ordered students into the cafeteria, Principal Richard Sneed said. Oh, that story. Began... What? I said, oh, that story. That story. The man began pouring gasoline on the floor, and students then helped subdue him, authorities said. He didn't say a word, didn't really look at anybody, said Courtney Robertson, a junior at the high school. Everybody was crying. It was horrible. We thought we were all going to die. Robertson said the principal and the teacher slowly walked up to the man and grabbed the gun, then wrestled him to the floor. 
I shoved the barrel up toward the ear, Sneed said. I thought it was going to say I shoved the barrel up his... Rectum. It didn't say that, though. Up toward the ear. I got it around his neck so I could hold him, and a couple of football players and teachers came up and got the weapon security. Never said a word. No injuries or gunfire reported, but classes were canceled for the day. Kaufman County Sheriff David Burns said the man who was in custody likely to be charged with an array of offenses, including aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Sneed said the man claimed to have planted bombs in the area and that police were sweeping schools looking for evidence of explosives. The school, about 30 miles southwest of Dallas, enrolls about 220 students. How do you like them apples, huh? Speaking of students, gay students and cross-dressers face resistance, which you never would have expected in... Tampa, would you? No. I mean, what what the hell is wrong with Tampa? Tampa. Middleton High School junior Antonio Lolo Williams got sent home twice after he wore a skirt to school. <laughs> Talk about carrying something a little bit too far, you think? <laughs> Especially in Tampa. It wasn't even a kilt, I'll bet. School official. No, he didn't get killed. Just beat up. Maimed. School officials said the boys' attire violated the dress code by creating a distraction for other students, even though they said teens are allowed to wear the opposite gender's clothing if it doesn't disrupt learning. But the 17-year-old student who said he is asexual caused the, kind of like Robert Grieper, said he's asexual caused the school stance. What are you laughing about? Isn't he the most asexual creature you've ever seen in your life? Can you imagine him with a penis? When I, think, uh, when I see him, I don't think of asexual anything. Now, that's what I'm saying. I mean, he's just like neuter. The 17-year-old student who said he's asexual called the school stance discriminatory. I'm really disappointed in the school system, said William's mother, Carmela. They're failing to let my child get an education all because of a dress code. Or maybe it's because of a dress. The Middleton flap shows the dilemma that schools can face as they grapple to how best serve gay students and those who deal with gender identity issues. For the most part, it was not an issue in schools 10 or 20 years ago when many gay students didn't wear their sexual orientation on their sleeves or dresses and before legal concerns were raised. <coughs> See, somehow, call me old-fashioned, but I just uh, can't imagine somebody wearing a dress to school, a guy anyway, and not expecting to get a little bit of a hassle. Right. I mean, if you wear a funny hat, if you wear the wrong T-shirt, you get hassled. Right. When I first became an educator, it was ignored, said Harry Brown, Palm Harbor University High School assistant principal. It didn't exist. It was taboo. Then came students who successfully sued their schools, showing school districts they could be held legally responsible for failing to protect homosexual students from harassment. School systems nationwide have shelled out millions for lawsuits. Some school districts, like Pinellas County, Pinellas County provide specific protection for gay and lesbian students from student-on-student harassment. Hillsborough County added sexual orientation to its policy this year. Yet gay advocacy groups say how much protection and support students receive varies widely from school to school. As Tampa president of Parents, Family, and Friends of Lesbians and Gays, Jane Bowles said, schools are not doing enough for gay teenagers, students at a higher risk of dropping out and committing suicide, according to national studies. Five years ago, Bowles received a call from a Tampa student who wanted to start a club for gay teens at her school. The girl who wore a rainbow ribbon on her blouse as she gathered signatures supporting the club's formation was told by school officials that what she was doing was wrong and immoral, Bowles recalled, preferring not to name the school. They likened the rainbow to the Nazi flag, she said. <gasps> it took two years, but finally the girl was allowed to organize a gay-straight alliance club at her high school just before she graduated. The club drew 75 students at its first meeting. Bulls said people would be shocked by the frequency that gay and lesbian slurs are used in schools. Any teacher or administrator would not allow students to use a racial slur, but they frequently turn their back on gay and lesbian slurs, Bulls said. Oh, how true that is. David Caton. Oh, boy. Oh, are we surprised to find his name in the middle of this mess? The unctuous David Caton, executive director of the Florida Family Association, the FFA, 
agrees that schools have an obligation to provide a safe environment for all students, but saying it's okay for boys to wear skirts to school is going too far, he said. The focus should be on studying, Caton said, not focused on, on him and what he's wearing. Many schools have clubs and support groups for gay students. They include Tampa Bay Tech, Plant and Blake High Schools in Hillsborough. Senior Allison Shear, who school said schools have a legal as well as a moral responsibility to make sure kids feel safe. If our youth are not feeling safe or if they're being threatened or harassed, they're not going to learn, said Lupo, who recently spoke to about 75 Hillsborough Middle and High School guidance counselors. And our schools are about learning, he said. Learning. We need to be learning and better, don't you think? A little more tolerance, a little more sanity. Yeah. Oh, I got a great, I got a great story after the break that's going to send you in orbit again. Although you might like it. J-Lo linked to cult of animal killers. A cult? Yes. No, you're right. I, w I would like that. Yeah, story. it's in the globe. And here's one you'll go ape Schmidt over. Maybe she's the chupacabra. She could be. Although I don't think the chupacabra's got that big of an ass. He's a real-life Ralphie. Sopranos wise guy talks. Soprano star Joe Pantoliano. He's dead. He's dead? He is not. Well, not the actor, the character. Okay, he's dead on the show. Will you stop interrupting Goddamn with a bunch of meaningless crap? He's dead. Big deal. Abba Eben is dead, by the way. Who? Abba Eben. Eben Ozen? See, so you don't know who that was because mm -hmm. he was Israeli. Don't you remember Abba Eben? No. The great Israeli diplomat, the great former prime minister about a hundred years ago, the man who spoke very distinguished, Abba Eben, with those dark black glasses. You better get with it, mister, because you don't know your moderate Israelis, I guess because there aren't any left. Oh, and by the way, speaking of that, yeah. Oh, man. It's enough to uh, talk about BB brains. <laughs> if, the, if this Netanyahu wins this election Woo! coming up, man, all bets are off then. It's all over. Oh, brother. The Nazis are taking over everywhere. In fact, I think Netanyahu wants to call the entire Middle East is going to be the uh, new uh, West Bank. That's where all the new settlements are going. New Israel, everywhere. Yeah. Saudi Arabia, Egypt, sure. Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, Jordan, Syria, Pakistan, Lebanon, Afghanistan, China, America, Siberia. And don't forget Hawaii. The palm trees here. Anyway. <laughs> Providence past noon at 560 WQAM. Oh, man, you got to have a few laughs because the world is full of crazy people. Yeah, crazy people. Militant, crazy hard asses. That's what it's all about. Except up here where everybody's very mellow. See, when your biggest, when your biggest uh, thing is hockey and curling, you know, I mean, how, how evil can you be? <laughs> Oleomed is good for you. Oleomed Mediterranean formulas, speaking of the Middle East, Mediterranean formulas are advanced combinations because in the Mediterranean, they've known for centuries that olive oil was great for your health. And that's why these are combinations of pharmaceutical-grade olive oil, the finest you'll find anywhere, combined with vitamins, minerals, and herbals, and other nutrients. Each concoction is designed specifically to help provide uh, benefits for your health. For example, there's one to help lower cholesterol, one to help your heart, etc., Look for Oleomed's three new formulas. They have one to help you sleep, one to help you control your weight, and CoQ10, speaking of your heart, which is one of the best supplements you can take in your life, all using the benefits of the purest olive oil, like I said. Oleomed's a great new product, good for your health. Pick some up today at Publix or Eckerd's or Walgreens. Be sure you watch which Allgreens you're going to, okay? Allgreens. For more information, call Oleomed toll-free at 1-866-OLEOMED. That's 1-866-653-6633. You can also order their products online, if you like, at oleomedamerica.com. And if you visit your nearest Publix and buy an Oleomed product in Data Broward, you can get you a coupon for a free Larry Coker bobblehead. Dawa supplies last. Get in there and get yours before Andy Rooney gets it. And don't forget to visit their sampling pavilion at Sportstown every Sunday when the Dolphins are playing at home. Those Dolphins who've won one in a row, pick up free Oleomed samples and product information and start feeling healthy again with Oleomed. Live and local, this is 
560. The radio is all yours now. QAM. Nunca eches el papel en el toile porque se tupe. Increíble. And I'm embarrassed to be an American Where they follow bush like sheep The United States of arrogance Led by Bush and his family Green, they got this country up Ambling towards the darkest days in our history I don't want to be a Pax American In the goddamn USA What's a few thousand innocent lives? Stop living in the past. If you want that SUV to drive, you're gonna need more gas. It's the greatest country in the world. They train us to believe. And anyone who says that, obviously, can't afford to And I'm embarrassed to be an American Where we patriotically Wave a flag in one hand With our head in the sand And blindly follow the powers that be Apathetic up Watching state run news on a 65-inch screen Scratch your balls and fire Everything's okay In the goddamn USA <laughs> Baby, launch a couple missiles Toward a place we know And aim them at a fella Whose first name begins with O oh. There's one thing we all understand Al-Qaeda won't be finished Until we blow up Pakistan Okay. We could chase them around forever with our tanks and all our troops. But special forces are so tired of jumping through them hoops. You know we need another plan. So let's cut out all the nonsense and go blow up Pakistan. Oh! Al-Qaeda needs a nuclear tan Why don't we stop pussyfoot And go blow up Pakistan I was inspired to play back to back, you know what I'm saying? Boom, boom I was inspired because if the foo fits, get them but we don't do that. You know, we never even talk about the Saudis or about the uh, Pakistanis, about uh, who shot Musharraf. Yeah, but we talk about the evildoers <laughs> because 
1221, you're going to love this story. This is right up your alley. Carlos might even get a little chuckle out of it, too. He might give a little, like, cackle. Christina's sizzling gay romp. And yeah. here's, a, here's a picture. Now, this is in the Globe. In fact, you've got to get this uh, November 20th, 6th Globe. There's just too much in it for you to miss. Page 22. It's ladies only as Pop-Tart gets dirty in strip club. That's dirty with two R's. Dirty in strip club. And here she is with a, uh, she's got a uh, thing, a whip. Oh. What do you call those whips that have like a, a ring in the end of them? Now, don't tell me what kind of ring. No, you know the ones I'm, <laughs> the ones I'm talking I about? No, I'm trying to picture it. Well, anyway. you have. I'm told you, get the picture. And here she is, this mousy-looking thing who's all of about two foot eight. She comes up to your ankle, I think, and like like a mouse. And there are people out there oogling about her. I, just, I don't get it. There's just something between her and uh, the other one. What was his name? I can't think of again. Kelly Ripa? Kelly Ripa. You've actually seen her on Regis and still you think that? Yes, I've uh, seen her on Regis. And let, let me. And here's the good news. Yeah. You want to know why I'm doing some of these tabloid stories today? Why are you doing uh... I didn't realize it, but because uh, usually I save them for Tuesday, I've got so many I'll never get to like even 10% of them today, so i got plenty for tomorrow. Here it is. Kelly Ripa's secret. She is nasty looking, man. I'm well, talking I'm sure about what that picture. Is. I mean, oh, she's got an alley. No, 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 no. Not that picture. There's a whole series of pictures. There's one, two, three, four, five. She is ugly, man. She is ugly. But anyway, I mean, hey, to each his own. If you like her, great. Have a good time with her, all right? All right. Hop right up on the TV okay. there. Just make sure you don't get any on Regis. I'm just going to push her Audi back in there. Christina Sizzling Gay Romp. What a dirty girl, it says, with four R's. Sexed up songbird Christina Aguilera cut loose on the ladies' night only butt-grabbing, boob-fondling, hip-grinding romp that has friends wondering if the Latina Spitfire is a lesbian. <laughs> it's all anybody wants to talk about now, says the Music Insider. Isn't that all we want to talk about in this show? Oh, uh, yeah. Forget is that little mousy thing Iraq really a dyke? Christina obviously doesn't mind being seen in public fondling other women's breasts. In fact, maybe O.J. could get her to fondle uh, Christie's breasts. I get people asking me all the time, is Christine a lesbian? It's the question of the hour, said this music insider. The 21-year-old Pop-Tart, whose new album, Stripped, features the hit song, Dirty. Oh, I haven't heard that. Have you heard it? Oh, that's the one where she that you got all the emotional yeah. about. Yeah, no, big deal. Over. She's a mouse, a rat. Her uh, hit song, Dirty, raised eyebrows and temperatures by getting kinky with busty babes at a couple of New York City strip joints. Aguilera started her naughty same-sex annex at a skin club called Flash Dancers, dropping $1,000 on champagne and dozens of lap dances for herself and her friends. Christina was having the time of her life in Eyewitness Tells Globe. She was acting like a kid in an amusement park who couldn't get enough of the rides. She'd get one sexy stripper straddled across her lap and place her hands on their hips while they gyrated on top of her. And before the stripper was even finished, she was motioning for another one to come over. Sounds like somebody in uh, Tampa. Howard! Remember that? Yep. How could we forget? What was the name of that place? Mons Venus. No, no. No, this that was this was the place across from the hotel we stayed at. Yeah. Mons Venus is on Dale Mabry. This was right by the hotel where Randy did her. Anyway, it says, but that was just a warm-up. Aguilera threw herself into the action when she visited the Big Apple's famed topless bar Scores the following week. Christina came in with this big group, six girlfriends, a couple of guys, and a bodyguard, said my witness. In the VIP room, she perched herself on a couch, and the club's hottest chicks filed in one by one to entertain her. She was screaming and letting out wolf whistles as the girl stripped in front of her. 
Aguilera kicked it into high gear when, in honor of her presence, the DJ spun her new song, Dirty, whose outrageous video features the cheeky singer in butt-bearing chaps. Rectum! She jumped on the couch with two strippers and started dancing to her song, said the eyewitness. Christina went nuts over one of them, wrapping her arms around the girl's waist and grinding her hips into her. When the song was over, Christina wouldn't let the woman leave. She told her, you have a great set of boobs, and started fondling them. Then the stripper began rubbing Christina's breast. It was a major touchy-feely session. She stayed for hours. Her friends practically had to drag her away. All right. It was just last year that Aguilar was left reading when her three-year-old, when her three-year romance with dancer George Santos ended. <laughs> oh yeah, we remember that one. I want to be a dancer. Yeah, now a pal says, I think she's just exploring her sexuality and zeroing in on girls. She hasn't had a date with a guy in months. And the Music Insider adds, only time will tell whether she's a dyed-in-the-wool lesbian or whether she's just experimenting. Right now, the big money's on Christina staying in the all-girls club. She likes it too much. Oh! How do you like that, huh? Well, good for her. Can only yeah. help. So there's a long list, a long list of people on the suspect. Not that it makes any difference, but we like to gossip about this stuff because it's just natural. The bigger the star, the more we like to gossip about that. Hey, they're doing this one, and they're doing mm -hmm. that one. And is it J-Lo? Is it P. Diddy? P. Diddy. And i got another Christine Aguilar, which I'll save for tomorrow, about her and Eminem. That's out. That's done. He said, get lost, bitch, and you can't <laughs> sing for Schmidt. And by the way, what's that one big round thing in the middle of your chest? And Luis said, hey, hasta que me meet us. Get lost, bitch. A second time. Can you believe she went running back to him again? Yeah, I can believe that. I guess she catches on real slow, Christina. Or maybe this is all just a big put-on. You know, maybe she's really... 26 past noon at 560 WQM. There's never been a better or smarter time to buy a new home or refinance your existing home than right now. Hell yes. How about this amazingly unbeatable low rate of only 3.95%? That's right. The financial group can offer you an unprecedented 3.95% if you just give them a call at 1-800-940-LEND. That's 1-800-940-5363. The money you're going to save is positively... Incredible. Think about it. You can get a $100,000 loan for only 450 bucks a month or a $200,000 loan for only 950 bucks a month. The process is simple. You're going to save yourself a crap load of cash each year. So call our good buddies at Financial Group. Say, hi, Pally, at 1-800-940-LEND. There's never been a better time to get you a low interest rate. So call Financial Group and you'll be on your way to big, fat savings. Financial Group is an equal housing lender. Credit restrictions do apply and rates are subject to change. So call them now toll free, 1-800-940-LEND. That's 1-800-940-5363. We're Sports Radio 560 QAM. Actually a lesbian. Tired of the same old restaurants? Try the Cafeteria Santeria of Hialeah. How much is that doggy on the menu? The one with the barbecue tail. How much is that doggy on the menu? I'm sure glad the chef's out of jail. That's right. No matter what the weather's like outside, it's always raining cats and dogs at the Cafeteria Santeria of Hialeah. We'll make your stomach stop growling and make your neighbor's pit bull stop doing the same thing. Talk about delicious. Mmm-mmm. Your meal is always fresh. We kill it right on the premises. For a heavenly meal at a sacrifice price, it's the Cafeteria Santeria. Try it once. You'll eat there religiously. How much is that doggy on the menu? The one that is fried in deep fat. 
Please bring me that doggy on the menu And bring a side order of cats Walk, run, or catch a greyhound for the Cafeteria Santeria of Hialeah Where we give new meaning to the word pet food 1232 at 560 WQM, I haven't heard that in a long time A great lead into this J-Lo story and this is also in the Globe. Well, what a great issue of the Globe. They went nuts this week. You know what? Just wait another month till you're able to see this. I can't wait. J-Lo linked uh, to cult of animal killers. But before that, here's an update on the pool. 536 votes. If the 2000 presidential election pits President Bush against Al Gore, I'd vote for Bush 194. Al Gore, 179. It's getting tight, baby. 36.1% to 33.3. I blow my brains out. 70-70 has said that. I wouldn't vote 44. I'd leave the country 42. It's tight. And also in this story, at the bottom of the, uh, you know how they sometimes have like a sub uh, story? Right. Like a sidebar. The secrets of Santa Rhea revealed. I think I'm going to read that first. Santa Rhea, a blend of Catholic and wait till you hear where the first the church of Santa Rhea was in the U.S. On. Where do you think? Miami. More specific. Little Havana. More specific. What did I just get you playing there? Oh, Hialeah. <laughs> there you go. You see, we don't make things up on this show, man. When we talk about uh, crap, it's crap, believe me. Like most of your calls. Santa Rhea, blended. And, and you notice how we did the... No, don't answer any more calls, by the way, Carlos. You notice we got in just enough calls today. I think we're finally... It might take us another hundred years, but refining the... Uh, we're tweaking it. We're twisting it. You see what I'm saying? Right. We got in just enough to pacify the uh, phone call demanders. We didn't have anybody explaining what it is that they like about the call so much. But nevertheless, who are we to deny them what they want, you know? But now comes the uh, heavy stuff. Santeria, a blend of Catholic and African spirituality born in the Caribbean, is practiced by more than 150,000 people in the U.S., more than a million around the world. Priests conjure spirits, heal with magical potions, and cast good and evil spells. But the most controversial ritual is animal sacrifice using the blood of chickens, goats, pigeons, doves, and turtles in their ceremonies. The first Santa Rhea church established in the U.S. was the, sure, wait till you hear the name of it, too. The Church of Lukumi Babalu Aie in Hialeah, oh, Florida, they were, they were 1971. Yeah. Huh? They were in the news. Is that real? Years ago. I've heard that uh, Babalu church. How could you forget that name? The Church of Lukumi Babalu Aie in Hialeah. <laughs> Babalu, Babalu Aie. Aie. That's got to be a go. put on. Didn't they no, just no. make that up? No, no, now you know where that comes from. Oh. I had no idea before. I thought it was a Desi Arnaz thing. Well, oh, yeah, well, it's for an African song, obviously. Babalu. That's an African He's god. He's beating a conga drum. Boy, I finally found a topic that you guys know something about. Yeah, Desi Arnaz. Dead animals. The religion's use of animal sacrifice became the focal point of a Supreme Court case versus the city of Hialeah. By unanimous decision, members won the right to sacrifice animals as a form of religious expression under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. And uh, animal sacrifice, how we worship God. Ernesto Picardo, co-founder of the Church of Lukumi Babalu Aie, tells the globe, it's how we come to him with our troubles and seek his guidance. It's how we nourish our souls. Animal sacrifice will always be planted a part of Santeria. We will not change. Santeria has a mystical magic side to it. Some people use it to place curses on other people. Oh, someone well-versed in Santeria with dark intentions can do great harm to another. Jennifer Lopez has fallen under the spell of a cult that is known for using animal sacrifice as part of their rights, say sources. The lovely Latina participates in some of the cult rituals, wears blessed charms, and turns to a Svengali-like L.A. woman named Marilyn Gonzalez for important life decisions, insiders say. Now, you do understand what this is all about. 
Yeah. Yes. She's using Santeria to help her recovering alcoholic fiance Ben stay on the wagon. Ben Affleck. Mm. Jennifer doesn't make a move without consulting with her godmother, Marilee, who dabbles in bizarre Santeria practices and casts magic spells on Jen's behalf. A Lopez family insider reveals exclusively to the Globe. The Globe just jam-packed with crap this week. Everything from uh, Christy Prodi's boobs to uh, you name it. Everything from the movie role she accepts to her wedding date with Ben Affleck is carefully mulled over by Marley, who influences many aspects of Jennifer's life. I wonder if she has anything to do with her... Rectum. Lopez rushed to get her guru's advice about Ben after they fell for each other while filming the movie Jiggly. Marley warned her to be careful that Ben would likely stray and would hurt her if she didn't keep a close eye on him, said the source, and watch out for Matt Damon, too, I think. Jennifer asked Merlet for a binding spell to keep Ben with her forever. After getting to know Ben, Merlet gave her the thumbs up. It doesn't say where. I see. According to insiders, J-Lo's mother, Lupe, is not happy about her daughter's involvement in the religion, and the friction is coming at a bad time because J-Lo, 32, and Ben, 30, who gets along fine with Lupe, have officially announced their engagement. Maybe they ought to check with Pilar from Passions about this. The religion is causing major tension between Jen and her mom, says the source. Lupe is a devout Catholic and wants Jen to steer clear from Santeria and Merlet. But sources say that J-Lo is not likely to give up her flirtation with Santeria, a frequent visitor to Miami and now a hometowner there. Lopez is engaged in the religion's rituals in Florida, say insiders. According to another source, friends who visited her in Miami noticed what looked like blood stains, burn marks, and candle drippings on the carpet. One man... One member of her family told us that she and J-Lo practiced Santeria, said the insider. She claimed that a well-known Miami practitioner named Rosalita did private ceremonies for them. I looked into the religion, found that some of its members perform animal sacrifices and put hexes on people. J-Lo plays herself off as this little Catholic girl, Jenny from the block, but how does she explain participating in this strange religion? Born in the Caribbean, Santeria is a blending of Catholic and African spirituality. Some of the more controversial Santeria rituals include animal sacrifice, killing chickens, goats, pigeons, doves, and turtles, in connection with major life events such as births, weddings, and deaths. Santeria priests also conjure spirits, heal with magical potions, and cast good and bad spells. I believe Santeria can be considered a satanic cult because they worship the underside of the spirit world, Satan's demons, and so on, noted San Francisco cult expert Dr. Margaret Singer telling the Globe. I've seen people literally starving to death, giving up everything to be part of this cult. Insiders say Puerto Rican-born Merlet, 51, is associated with an L.A. Botanica, a gift shop that sells Santeria artifacts. She's been guiding J.Lo's fanatic, uh, fantastic showbiz rise for the past <laughs> three years. <laughs> fanatic. During each of the last four movies that Jennifer made, Merlet was a near-constant visitor on the set, and she helped soothe Jen's nerves with special herbs and remedies, said the insider. In another Santeria remedy, Merle taught Jen a surefire way to fight insomnia. Jen had trouble sleeping, <coughs> reveals the insider. So Merle instructed her to get a huge pot and boil the petals of a dozen white roses with ground nutmeg and specially blessed sea salts. When the pot is at a full boil, roll it up and smoke it. Now, when the pot is at a full boil, Jennifer pours half the mixture into a hot bath and bathes in it. After her bath, when the remaining mixture is cooled down, Jennifer pours it over her head in the tub, rinses it, and then gets the best night's sleep she's ever had. She swears by it. And Jen talked recovering alcoholic Ben into taking a ritualistic Santeria bath, too. At first, he didn't want to do it, but he felt like humoring Jen and Merle, reveals the source. He wore his boxer shorts, and Merle gave him a purifying bath infused with magical love herbs and secret ingredients meant to contribute to his continued sobriety. Jen was thrilled that he was so open-minded about doing it. <laughs> J-Lo has known Gonzalez since she was a teen, according to insiders, but in recent years, the pop diva has turned from a Santeria skeptic into a believer thanks to Merle. It all started as a goof, says the source. Jen would get a cold and take one of Merle's herbal cures and feel great. Merle was able to predict things for Jen and provided her with a flawless career advice. She started to believe. 
In fact, J-Lo's Pasadena restaurant, Merlet, or Amadre, I'm sorry, where Merlet's husband, Rolando 52, is a popular chef, is named for her spiritual godmother and not her own mom, Lupe, claim insiders. Now J-Lo is a top customer at the L.A. Botanica, buying good luck tal uh, talismans like alligator teeth worn around her neck and asking Merlet to cast love and career spells and to read her future. But she draws the line at the sight of blood. Jen's fully aware that part of Santa Rita includes animal sacrifice by slitting the throats of defenseless animals, said the source, but she doesn't want to hear about it or see it for herself. Once she attended one of Merlet's Friday night gatherings, a spiritual get-together, where devotees conjure spirits, cast spells, and speak in tongues, they speak in <laughs> tongues, and that really freaked her out. For now, she prefers seeing Merlet privately. One-on-one. -on -one. One -on -one. Like with Robbie Benson, see that movie, One-on-One? -on -one? No. So there you go, Robbie Benson is doing J-Lo or something like that. And he's still Jewish, and he still looks like he's 15 years old. He's still alive? Yeah. Why wouldn't he be? He had a bad heart attack. Don't you remember he had all kinds of health problems, Robbie Benson? I think you put a hex on him. I forgot. When you found out his grandpa was the first rabbi in Texas. 555 votes for that 2004 presidential deal. I'd vote for Bush 198. I'd vote for Gore 188. Boy, it's getting tight. I'd blow my brains out, 80. I wouldn't vote 45. I'd leave the country 41. Well, pack your salami sandwich. Thanksgiving, everybody's going to be flocking to your house, to everybody's home, so they can be together again for the holidays, gather around the table with delicious homemade food and family traditions. After all, it's not the turkey that makes the meal special, it's the people. Getting ready for the hungry guests can be stressful, especially if they're staying overnight. If you're having a houseful for Thanksgiving, let Donald Mattress make your holiday preparations a little bit easier. Now's the time to call 1-800-MATTRESS and get that new mattress in before the house guests get there. If they already told you that they're coming, or even if you don't hear from them till the night before, no sweat. Because Dollar Mattress can deliver right to your door a top-quality Sealy, Serta, Simmons, or King Coral mattress the very same day. They take away the crappy old bedding. They set up the brand new one. I've been sleeping on a Dollar Mattress for years, and look what it did for me. Call Dollar Mattress right now, toll-free at 1-800-MATTRESS, 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S, and talk turkey with a bedding consultant to choose from the very best mattresses at even better prices. So rest easy this Thanksgiving and all through the holidays, knowing that everybody in the house is sleeping comfortably, comfortably whether they belong there or not. Get ready for the holidays now by calling 1-800-MATTRESS, 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S. Be sure and tell them that Neil and Fatboy told you to call dial mattress brand name bed, same-day service. Call them now and be sleeping like a baby tonight.
Playing around with my mouth. They're speaking I'll tell you, every time I listen to another one of his bits, even though I've heard them 50,000 times before, I hear something new, you know, in the arrangement. Yeah. If you really pay attention, if you pay attention to the blah blahs in there, it's like something for everybody. 561 <laughs> votes on a poll. If we have the election with Bush against Gore in 2004, if you can stand some more, even though, uh, one of them is a bore. Vote for Bush 200 and Gore 193. Can you believe that? Wow. It's getting nip and tuck. Wait till we start counting them chads, man. I'd blow my brains out 80. I wouldn't vote 46. I'd leave the country 45 out of 564. Now, here's that story about the Sopranos wise guy talks. Now, this guy, this Joe Pantoliano, uh, Panto, Pantoliano yes. uh, is this the same guy that was on some of the quiz shows? I think he was even on Pyramid, or am he's, I confused? He's been all over the place. He's been in movies and uh, TV Am I shows? confusing him with Gary Berghoff? Dorf, Dorf. Oh, I don't know. No, I think this guy's been on Pyramid. And when is Pyramid coming back? It's very soon, isn't it? Like November 25th or something? I don't know. I forgot. With Donny Osmond and Dick Clark's going to be a guest on there? Now, what was that woman saying before about Dick Clark? Oh, that's right. That was about the, um... The gun stuff. The uh, gun stuff in Michigan, right. About Michael Moore. Where? How am I going to get to see that movie now? Are you going to get us a bootleg copy of that? Sure. No, see, you just say that, but I'm serious, or I'll be glad to go out and buy it, but where the hell are you going to be able to get a copy of that? You can't rent it? It's not out on rental yet? I don't know. Somebody will let us know. How about getting Yentl on rental? Remember Yentl Green? <laughs> Here's a real-life Ralphie. It says this also... For, oh, this is from the Star. I thought it was another one from the Globe. Let's not get too carried away. And wait till you'd be impressed to see the pile of stuff I got uh, for tomorrow. Some heavy-duty stuff. Like, how much more can Whitney take? Panic in the Palace. Oh, and there's stuff about the Royal <gasps> Tea Rooms in there, too. Wait till you hear about what's on the uh, restroom walls. Anyway, <laughs> Soprano star Joe Pantoliano... Feels right at home playing psychotic hitman Ralphie Cifaretto on the HBO show. That's because he, the neighborhood where he grew up in Hoboken, New Jersey, was run by the mafia, he reveals in his fascinating new autobiography, Who's Sorry Now? The True Story of a Stand-Up Guy, published by E.P. Dutton. In an exclusive interview, Pantoliano, a.k.a. Joey Pants, reveals that rackets and mob violence were facts of life when he was a kid and funerals were fun. In fact, I still have a good funeral, declares the 48-year-old actor, director, and author, whose family had mob ties. Did you know that? Nope. How do you like that, see? Better late than ever. We finally learned something on this show today. Storytelling is a way of life for Pantoliano, who says he learned the art on his mother's lap. She loved to frighten him with stories of Grandpa, Grandpa Gus's hair-trigger temper. Grandpa Gus used to run the Italian lottery in Hoboken for Vito Genovese, Pantoliano explains. One story in particular he'll never forget. When my mother was seven or eight, she went to her father and told him about a guy who sat at the same spot and spit at her when she walked home from school. The next day, huh? <laughs> the next day, Grandma, between that and the music, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the next day, Grandpa Gus watched from across the street as she walked by a middle-aged man sitting in the doorway. Lo and behold, he spit right behind her. Without a word, Gus crossed the street, drew his pistol, and shot the man in the leg right in front of his daughter. How do you like that, huh? Wow. Brutal. So there's a good message for you. If anybody spits at your kid... Shoot them in the leg. Blood spattered everywhere, says Pantoliano. It turned out the poor guy had a sign... <laughs> Had a sinus condition, and that's why he spit. It had nothing to do with my mother, who stood there hysterical at what she'd witnessed, her white blouse peppered with blood. 
Joey Pant's dad, a Hearst driver, and his mom were both gambling addicts. With a racetrack just across town, my old man could have been a brain surgeon with a law degree and managed uh, the Backstreet Boys and still have broke his whole life, Pantoliano jokes. One habit, and been broke, one habit they left out was paying the rent. Instead, my parents opted for packing and moving. We moved ten times by the time I hit high school. The one place Pantoliano felt at home was a funeral. Mommy took me and my little sister, Marianne, to every wake at Faia's funeral parlor, he says. One he'll never forget was for a hood who doled out stolen loot at Christmas. Danny Magliano was the cl closest thing to Santa Claus I ever had, said the actor. But Danny's luck ran out, and he was shot in the swamps along the Hudson River. At his funeral, Pantoliano and his mom bowed their heads in prayer, and before I could say amen, she tugged on my sleeve and whispered, Joey, look at his head. She said, see that? Shot in the head three times, and you can't even see the holes. Excited, the boy said, wow, tell me more, Mommy, tell me more. But his mother snapped, what do you think, this is a party? Lower your voice and show some respect for the dead. They hit him with five shots, and he still looks pretty good. 12.52 at 5.60 WQAM, if you love your home, but you just haven't got enough space to do all the things you want to be doing, do what hundreds of other people are doing, even people like George, even little pishers like him. Call Strictly Additions. Whether you're having a baby, need another room, maybe you're converting a carport or patio into living space, maybe you went into business for yourself and want you to make a home orifice, call Strictly Additions. They're your one-stop shop, more space for your place, place with an absolutely positively worry-free approach to expanding your living space. Those no-shows by the contractors ain't going to happen. Incomplete work, no chance. No unexpected bills, no worries about the job not getting done right, and they take care of every single last detail. They drop your blueprints. They get the building permits, have all the inspections for you. Strictly Additions has got that easy five-step approach to total customer satisfaction we always tell you about. Number one, call to schedule a free project evaluation appointment at your home where a project estimator will determine the scope of your addition. Secondly, schedule a bid appointment in their convenient showroom where you'll get a detailed proposal and an exact price for the work. Third, select your finishing touches, go to contract. Fourth, review the design architectural drawings. And then fifth, sit back and relax with a big smile on your puss as your dream edition moves ahead on schedule with unbeatable quality. Check out their ad in the Yellow Pages. They serve all of Broward and South Palm Beach County, and they're very uh, excited about doing a super job for you. They're completely licensed and insured. Give them a call. Tell them that Neil and old Petey Lenny told you to call Strictly Editions at 954-791-8100. That's 954-79... What is it again? 954-791-8100. Got it? Got it. Tom George told you to call. Sports Radio 560 QAM. Come on in and lay down on my couch. Just something about it. When I inhale, it's like, uh, wow, dude. It kind of sucks, though. When a seed pops in your eye, it's a real bummer. Just roll it, roll it tight I'll put that doobie to my flame Now I'm a glassy-eyed Timberlake And funny things go through my brain Ask me what happened one minute ago I won't remember Take another trophy Ashes make light shows Falling embers Come on over and let's light a bone up The stuff I bought off this guy was on ya Your thoughts won't really be in sync I didn't tell you you did business with Justin. No. 
1258 at 560 WQM. I got to tell you, on a scale of 400, I give this show today about a 388. Spectacular. Pretty good show, and it went by like <coughs> grease lightning. I don't know why. What was it? Just from this stuff. Oh, Monday coffee. Huh? Yeah, Monday's very unusual. Monday's usually terrible. Monday's usually awful. Deadly. But for some reason today, maybe it's because the Dolphins won yesterday. No. I don't think so. Maybe it's because Toronto might win another hockey game this year. No. I doubt it. But there's just something in the air. Maybe J-Lo put like a uh, positive uh, hex. I mean, what, what? not a hex, but what would you call it? Positive uh, spell. Uh, spell, yeah. She cast a spell on us, a real good one. By 583. Oh, and I got bad news for you, though, to show that not everything's perfect. Yeah. The snow on my patio is gone. Oh, Aren't you depressed? Yeah. Because it's, no, be like, it's all the way up to 35 now, so it's all melted. There's still some on the roof uh, around. I can see a little bit out there. But it all melted and it's going away. And then tomorrow it's going to be like 43 and then for like three days in a row and wash it away, et cetera, and so on. Depressing. Let me say it again. Snow isn't all that bad unless you're driving in it or have right. to shovel it. Other than those two things... That's I will I will say what I don't like an awful lot is ice. You know, when like the, everything gets oh, yeah. real icy and you start oh, falling on your ass. Because oh. you know what a klutz I am. Yeah, you don't need any ice to fall down. Exactly. I don't need any extra help. So if there's uh, an ass uh, around, I'll find it. Five, 500, whatever that means. 583 votes of the 2004 presidential election pits President Bush against Al Gore. I'd vote for, oh, look at that. These can't be real, can they? Sure, well, I guess these are counteracting the uh, fake ones right. we had before. Gore 206, I'd vote for Bush 204, uh, well, while we weren't paying attention. I'd blow my brains out 80, I wouldn't vote 47, I'd leave the country 46. That's our poll up to the moment, okay? A staggering result. Neck and neck, nose to nose, it's as tight as a witch's uh, ass. We got the mad dog, the angry puppy standing by, who's, uh, you know, his dolphins beat a girls team yesterday, beat the crap out of him, and they're gonna be saying, we're on our way, baby, first place in the division, we're kicking ass, you wait till next weekend, it's gonna be really ugly. The booster for Hank at three, Hurricane Hotline at 6.30, the big O, oh. 8.30 night, followed by Eddie K from GA and Joe and Mark overnight. Bye, bye, bye! The Neil Rogers Show on 560 WQAM, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. How could things be any worse? 